Welcome back to Talk About It. I'm your host, Perea, and I just want to start off by apologizing for the very long and impromptu hiatus. Uh, If you know me personally, or if you follow the Talk About It Instagram account, you probably know why I had to take such a long break, way longer than I ever expected to take. And if you don't know why, well, I'm about to tell you. Um, so I posted episode seven, the last episode that's up around February 27th, I think. And then I immediately got to work on the next episode, which actually wasn't the episode that, uh, you're listening to right now. And I was about maybe a week away from completing editing it and pretty close to uploading it when on March 19th, 2021, my mom passed away and I had absolutely no way of preparing for it. She wasn't sick or anything. Uh, I had actually just talked to her the night before and everything seemed fine. I had no way of knowing that that was going to be the last time I was going to talk to her. Uh, So I didn't get to say goodbye. She passed away in the middle of the night after that and she actually wasn't in the country. She was in Iran at the time visiting family even though I had begged her not to go in the middle of a pandemic. And spoiler, I will just say that she did not die of COVID, but she did go during COVID and I just didn't think that was a good idea. And yeah, she passed away. And on top of the obvious grief of losing my mom, I didn't get to say goodbye. I didn't even get to go to her burial spot. And because she wasn't in the country, I never was able to have a proper funeral or memorial for her, which is part of the reason I'm doing this right now, actually. Uh, After I heard the news, I had to hit pause on this podcast and kind of put it on the back burner and I couldn't continue editing the episode that I was working on at the time. Uh, I had a lot going on, as you can imagine. Understandably, I was grieving. I'm still grieving. And there was just a lot of logistical stuff that I had to deal with, stuff that I won't bore you all with. But I didn't put it off for that long because the episode that you're listening to now, I actually recorded just over two weeks after she died. And there's a few reasons why I wanted to do that. One, I love doing this podcast. I love talking to different people about different issues and experiences and it's a creative outlet and I really like hearing everyone's responses and reactions when I upload a new episode. But also my mom was really proud of me for doing this. She was always pushing me to put out more episodes and she was always asking me how it was going. It's actually something that I kind of regret, but of course it's only because in hindsight I know while she was in Iran, there were several times where she would message me and ask, oh, can you talk right now? And I was actually in the middle of editing episode seven. So I was focusing and sometimes they'd be like, oh, I can't talk right now, mom, I'm actually editing. And she always immediately was like, oh no, that's more important. You do that. Don't worry about talking to me. We'll talk later. And I really appreciated that at the time. And you know, I, I still do. I love that she supported me so much and she thought it was so important. But of course, you know, In hindsight, I wish I could give back the 10 or 15 minutes that I put towards editing and have talked to her instead, Um, but I had no way of knowing. Um, It was really important to her that I do this podcast, so I didn't want to give up on it. I didn't want to give up on it for me, but I know that she would be so disappointed if she knew that I stopped working on it, especially if she knew that it was because of her and because of her passing. 
So yeah, I wanted to get back to it. And honestly, it also has really helped me in my grieving process. I don't think we talk about death and grief enough as a culture, as a society. I don't think we even talk about it really with the people closest to us. It makes a lot of people uncomfortable, both the people who've experienced it and the people who kind of have to hear about it, it seems like. Like everyone always tiptoes around it, which is ironic really because it's the one thing that really everyone will go through. Like as sure as everyone who's born is that everyone everyone's going to die at some point. So someone close to you at some point in your life is going to unfortunately die and you're going to have to experience grief and it sucks. And I wish I didn't have to tell you that in case you, you know, if you didn't already know, but yeah, I don't think we talk about it enough. And it actually really helped me to talk to um, someone and not just anybody, but one of my best friends, Mahalia, who was also on episode six and who also sadly lost her mom at a really young age. It was really helpful to talk to someone else who has experienced it and who also knew my mother. I don't know. It might've been too soon to do an episode just two weeks after some after my mom died, but I thought it was really helpful. And I also kind of saw it as like a time capsule in a way, a way to memorialize her, a way to always have these memories. Because a big fear of mine is that I will you know, forget her as time goes on or that I will forget these memories or that I'll wonder if some of these things actually happened or if I imagined them. So it kind of was like a way for me to like solidify, <laughs> um, kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like makes it permanent in a way, me recording it in a podcast and sharing it with all of you and the fact that I can come back to it, you know, years from now and listen to this and maybe other people who are experiencing something similar will also get to benefit from it. I don't know, but I, I really like that I recorded this episode about death and grief and my mother. But to be honest, editing it was actually harder than recording it. It wasn't that hard to talk to someone because I feel like I had a lot of thoughts and feelings shortly after. So it was nice to get them out, but it actually took me a really long time to be able to feel comfortable to sit down and listen to the episode. I think it actually took me a couple months before I even listened to it again for the first time, both because there was a lot going on that I didn't have the time, but also I definitely wasn't emotionally ready for that. And when I finally did, I could only listen to it in chunks before it was too much for me. And then same with when I would edit, I could usually only do so much at a time. And that is why even though I recorded it just over two weeks after my mom passed, it is now at this time of me recording this intro, it is over six months after my mom died. Uh, it actually might be the hardest part for me because I'm not talking to someone. I'm not reacting and having a conversation. I'm talking into a microphone kind of to nobody and I'm explaining the loss of my mother kind of to the ether. So it's weird. It feels uncomfortable. There were quite a few nights this week where I told myself I was going to do it and I just didn't feel emotionally ready for it. And I'm sorry for rambling. I know you probably just want to get to the episode. But before I do, I wanted to do a little history of my mom and a little backstory on her, her life and her childhood and the person that she was. Uh, for anyone who's listening to this episode and never got the chance to meet her or who did but didn't know her that well, or maybe, maybe even if you really did know her, but maybe you didn't know these things. I think it's another great way for me to like, you know, like I said, have that time capsule of the like legacy of my mom and like the legend that is Fariba forever in audio form. And if you want to skip ahead to the actual episode, I'll put the timestamp of when the episode starts in the show notes. 
So you can do that, but I do highly recommend actually listening to this part because my mom was an incredible person and woman and she wasn't just my mother. She was my fiercest cheerleader. She was my biggest inspiration and she was my best friend. Um, yeah, so here we go. Fariba Mirzai, or Fariba Mirzai, was born on the 12th of July, 1964, in a town on the southwest of Iran called Abadan. She was the third child of what would ultimately be a family of seven children. She had two older sisters, three younger brothers, and one younger sister. Growing up, my mom lived in this beautiful house with her parents and her siblings, and even more beautiful than the house was the garden. My entire life I would hear about this garden. Most of my childhood, everywhere that I lived with my mom, she tried to emulate this garden in, in any home that we had, even if we only had a small little patio or balcony. She loved flowers. She loved plants. She really tried to recreate this part from her childhood that she really, really adored. She would tell me how so much of her childhood was running around and playing in this garden, and she was a self-described tomboy, so she really loved to run around in mud and dirt and climb trees, and despite that, she also was really creative. She loved to draw and paint and ever since she was really young she really loved fashion. She would make little dresses and clothes for her dolls so much so that even later on in life uh, when I was a kid she made clothes for my dolls and she'd even make me doll houses and I remember she made furniture for my dolls. I'm talking like dining tables and chairs and beds and sofas that she like made and upholstered. Um, but anyway back to her childhood. She was really shaytun. She was really mischievous and she loved playing so much. The story I'll never forget. She told me one time she was playing in the garden with her siblings or cousins or whatever and she was having so much fun but she really had to go to the bathroom and she didn't even want to interrupt the fun and games for long enough to go inside the house, go to the bathroom and come back that she just found a spot in the garden, popped a squat <laughs> took a dump, pulled her pants back up, and got back to playing. Because she was like, I am not stopping this for more than like 10 seconds. She never liked to be told what to do or how to act or how to dress. So in 1979, when the Iranian Revolution happened, my mom was about 15 years old, and she told me how she remembered being able to go biking in her bikini or go to school in a pair of shorts and a tank top. And then suddenly, after the revolution, like the next day... She went to school dressed like she normally would be and got in trouble for not wearing a hijab. And uh, I think it was pretty much from that moment on, she knew that she wanted to move away and go somewhere to be more free. A year after that, the Iran-Iraq war started and my mom's childhood home was right by Iraq. If you look at a map, it is just across this little tiny body of water from Iraq. In fact, they were so close that any Vancouver listeners will appreciate this. Anytime I would go to Ambleside or Dundrave Beach with my mom, she would always point across the water at Kitsilano Beach and tell me that's how close our house was to Iraq. You could literally see it across the water. In fact, I think there's even a picture that I can find and post on the Instagram of my mom and her siblings when they were younger in their garden and the water's in the background and you can kind of see some land behind it and that's a rock. So when the war began and the bombing started, my mother's childhood home got bombed. And she and her four siblings at the time and her parents had to all pile into their little car, leave all of their personal possessions and their home that they loved so much, that home with the beautiful garden, 
they had to leave it behind and drive north for my grandmother's hometown of Rasht. And they had to start anew. And a couple years after that, in 1981 and 1983, my mother's youngest brother and youngest sister were born. And around this time, my mother was in her late teens. And she not only had two baby siblings, but her two older sisters also had their first kids. So she was this really, really young aunt as well. And something to know about my mom is that she absolutely adored kids. She never wanted kids of her own. And she did not shy away from telling me this my whole life. Um, she would tell me that she never really wanted kids. Of course, she said she was happy she had me and she loved me and all that changed and blah, blah, blah. But she just never really saw it for herself. She kind of just loved being the fun aunt and she was the ultimate fun aunt. She would take them on like little field trips and teach them arts and crafts and spoil them with food and gifts and that's what she loved to do and thankfully, luckily for me, I got to have a fun aunt as a mom. Um, but she didn't stick around just for them because when she was 18 years old, she moved to the big city in Tehran so she could start her own life and her own career. And she really, like I said before, loved fashion. So she initially got a job in a factory sewing jeans. I think I remember her telling me that when she worked there, she had to sew like 200 to 300 pairs a day or something insane. And she absolutely hated it. And she knew that she wasn't gonna be able to do that for much longer. And so she started her own own company. Around this time, she actually also met my dad and they started dating and I think they went into the business together. And then when they were 19 and 20, they got married. And this company that my mom had started became really, really successful. It was a bridal company. And like most parts of the world, the bridal industry in Iran was huge. And it wasn't just that my mom designed and made the bridal dresses, the wedding dresses, but we also have something in Iranian culture called Sofre Act. And that is kind of like this floor setting thing. It's this traditional floor setting and it has all these like symbolic items on it, like flowers flowers and a mirror and like all this stuff. And my mom would make that for each client that she had specific to that client and she would design it all as well as the dress. So it was like this huge, huge business, super successful. And you'd think that she would be satisfied, but she still really, really wanted to leave the country. That never changed for her. She really had her sights set on either New Zealand or Vancouver, Canada. And spoiler alert, she picked Canada. Uh, my dad really wanted to have kids. She didn't want to. She was just kind of like motivated and committed to learning English and moving away from Iran. But in January of 1992, they had me. Uh, you would think maybe that would kind of stop her and make her settle down, but actually she was more motivated than ever to get out of the country. Because now not only was she seeking freedom for herself, but also for her child. And she really wanted me to have every opportunity possible. So now she was like, okay, this is like serious. I need to get out of here. And she really, really focused on learning English. And she told me, in addition to like going to class and doing all the stuff, um, she listened to these audio cassette tapes and she didn't just listen to it to do her lessons. She would listen to this cassette tapes on her bus ride to and from work and while she slept. Like if I hear it more often, my English will get better. And it was just really, really important to her. And thankfully, in 1996, when I was four years old, she and I came to Canada together and we settled in North Vancouver. And I have only the best memories of growing up in 
North Vancouver with my mom and I learned English really quickly because you know child brain is like a sponge and I watched a whole lot of TV and so that was easy but my mom also really wanted me to learn French uh, again that whole like just wanting me to have every opportunity imaginable and the place the apartment that we lived in wasn't in the catchment area for any French immersion school so all by herself having no help from anyone she completely moved us again from one apartment to another just so that I would be in the area to go to this French immersion school and that really changed my life in a lot of ways as well. It it wasn't easy. It was tough. I have a lot of memories of things kind of being hard, but I still look back on them fondly. Like we didn't have a car for the first several years that we lived here and we had to take the bus, but especially walk everywhere. And I'm not just saying walking to like Stanley Park and all these different beautiful, amazing places that Vancouver has to offer, but I'm talking like walking to do chores and go to like meetings and all these stuff that you have to do when you first are an immigrant in a new country. And I obviously as a child got really, really, really tired. My feet hurt. I was exhausted. I just didn't want to do it anymore, but she couldn't leave me at home alone. We didn't really know anyone for her to leave me with anyone. So she just had to find a way to drag me along. And one thing that I remember so vividly, I'll never forget this. She created this game where she would run ahead to the next lamppost. She would close her eyes and she would spread her arms out like a starfish. And she would say, come get me. And I would run over so excited, completely forgetting that my feet hurt. I would reach her and she'd give me this big bear hug. And then she would run to the next lamppost and do it again. And clearly I was an idiot because I didn't catch on to what was going on. I just did it over and over and over again. And we would do that lamppost after lamppost until we reached our destination or until we ran out of lampposts. And she did this all the time. And I don't know, maybe part of me knew what was going on, but I didn't care. At least it was fun. It was just stuff like that. So much of my childhood was her trying to, even when we didn't really have a lot, things weren't always financially easy for us. I still have great memories. She took me everywhere. So much of my childhood, even though we didn't have a lot, was spent swimming in rivers and lakes and oceans and walks through trails and along the seawall at English Bay and just going to the beach and all these amazing things. She taught me how to draw. She always pushed me to be creative. So much of what I know and who I am is because of my mom. I owe everything to her. And of course, my mom didn't want to leave her career behind entirely. She had to start all over again, though, because it's one thing to study English in a different country with other people who are also learning it as a second language. It's a completely different thing to be thrown into a country where everyone can speak English fluently and comfortably and really, really quickly, and you can't keep up. And she had to go back to college, Capilano College, where she studied textile art and design and fashion. And uh, in the year 2000, she got her first fashion studio called Sienna. And all of her designs and clothing were inspired by her true love, nature. Most of her garments and dresses and stuff are hand printed and dyed and pressed with leaves or flowers. Or uh, she has many pieces where she stripped bark on her own and sewed pieces of bark together to make a corset or a dress. Just some of the most amazing things you'll ever see. Gowns that belong in the Met Gala. Like, I don't know where else you'd wear them, to be honest. 
And then a few years after that, she started her next company called Gabe, which again is fashion design and textile art and is the company that she still had up until the day that she died. It was, of course, inspired by nature, but over the years, she really honed her craft and got really like in touch with her signature style and just got better and better. Like each year, she just became a better artist. She really, really loved nature. It not only inspired her art, it was her favorite thing to do was to be out in nature. No kind of weather stopped my mom from going outdoors. Like she loved it all. And that's part of why she loved Vancouver. She loved all the different seasons. And she made other people see the world through her eyes. People who lived here their whole lives and never really got to experience what Vancouver and British Columbia and Canada had to offer. She got them to see it through her eyes, through someone who went through so much to come here, who stopped at nothing to come here because she was so determined. She was so headstrong and so stubborn. Nothing could stop my mom once she had her heart and mind set to something. And I guess one of the saddest things about my mom dying was the day that she died. It was on March 19th, like I said before, but that's the day of Iranian New Year, Noruz. And Noruz in Farsi literally means new day because it's about rebirth. It's the first day of spring. It's when flowers start to bloom again, the weather gets warmer, trees start to grow leaves again. My mom loved Noruz. It was her favorite day of the year and she loved to tell everyone, like all non-Iranians, she loved to explain why our new year made so much more sense because she was like, March 19th is when everything starts to grow again and when everything comes back to life. Who celebrates the new year in the dead of winter when everything is cold? <laughs> um... And she loved to share that day with everyone. She'd always do a huge feast, a huge celebration. She went all out with the half scene, which again is this kind of like table setting that has all these different symbolic items on it for our new year. And I remember this year because I knew she wasn't going to be here for Noruz because she was going to Iran. And I said to her, well, if you're not going to be here, I'm not going to bother celebrating Noruz. There's no point if you're not here. I'm not going to make a half scene. There's no point. And she was like, no, 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 you have to make one. You have to make one you have to promise me you're going to make one. I'm like, well, why? You're not here. I'd like to celebrate it with you. It's COVID anyway. What's the point? And she was like, the point is that this day is really important. You have to promise me you'll still do it. Send me pictures. I want to see your half scene. And so I kept that promise. And leading up to it, the two weeks before, I asked her how to grow my sabze. It's like growing your own wheatgrass. I remember FaceTiming her and be like, mom, teach me how to grow my sabze like you do. And she taught me step by step and mine grew so fast. It was in insane. It was like I got her magical green thumb even through FaceTime. She taught me her magic and I was so proud of it and I would give her daily updates of how fast my sabze was growing and um, leading right up until the last night that I spoke to her, the evening of March 18th, I sent her a picture of my half scene because I had completed it and she immediately replied to me saying that it was beautiful and then I realized, oh, well, we're both awake at the same time, despite the time difference. So let me just call her, which I will forever be thankful that at that moment, I decided to video call my mom instead of just messaging her, even though it was quite late. I talked to her and she saw my half scene and she told me she was so proud and she gave me a couple tips, like to tie a ribbon around my sabze and to add painted eggs even though I was too lazy to paint eggs she was like no you have to promise me you're gonna add eggs and I said okay I'll do it for you even though I didn't feel like it 
And that was it. That was the last time I talked to her. And I don't know how I'm going to celebrate that day from now on because it really was my mom's favorite day of the year and she made sure that everyone knew that. But just like how I didn't want to celebrate it just when she wasn't in the country, I don't know how I'm going to be able to celebrate it from now on when she's just not here at all and knowing that it's the day that she died. This day that used to be so special and so beautiful, a day that she was so proud of, will forever be the day that I lost my mom. I don't know how to feel about that. I want to go on celebrating it for her, but it's forever going to be bittersweet for me. And I don't know if it's just so incredibly unfair that she was taken from me on this day that's supposed to be so beautiful, on a day that she loved so much. But a way that I like to think about it, and I'm not religious at all, I'm not even spiritual. My mom was very, very spiritual, and we often even butted heads on it because we didn't see things the same way, and I don't know what happens after you die, I don't know if there's an afterlife, I don't know any of that. But one thing that I like to imagine and which helps me, especially knowing that she was taken from me on a day that's supposed to be about nature and beauty and rebirth, is to think that maybe now she's forever frolicking in fields of flowers and swimming in a river or climbing a mountain. All the things that she loved without any of the petty, stupid, human bullshit, <laughs> not having to worry about paying bills or dealing with annoying people or debt or just all the crap that really dragged her down her whole life. And maybe now she just gets to have all the good parts. It's not fair because I wish that she could have just had all the good parts while still here and I could still have her. But that's just something I like to imagine. It's a nice visual for me to help me get through the grief when times are really, really tough. Is to imagine her surrounded by flowers and animals and nature, looking down at me from wherever she is. And I just hope that I that I make her proud. <sighs> this intro was a lot longer than I planned. <laughs> I definitely didn't expect to say half the stuff I said. It just kept going on and on. So sorry if that's not what you were expecting, a little different from the norm on the podcast. But yeah, that's a little history. I guess not so little. <laughs> it was quite long um, on my mom. Now that you know a little bit more about her. Let's get to the episode. We are back with Mahalia. If you've listened to episode six of the podcast, talk about it, you'll recognize her voice. And um, it's actually funny because when we were gearing up to do episode six, like the first episode that Mahalia and I recorded together, I asked her if she would like to talk about grief and her mom. And she was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to 
draw my personal boundaries here. Like, this is the line. Let's not cross it. It was like nice. You were just like, maybe one day. I don't think for the first time I'm on, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, and it totally made sense. It was just like a suggestion. I was like, oh, yeah, totally. You know, I'm never like wanting to talk about something that the other person's not comfortable talking about. Mm -hmm. And you were like, I might like, you know, drop in little hints here and there, but I don't want to do the whole episode about it. And we talked about other stuff. And if you've listened to the episode, you'll notice that Mahalia, like a couple times here and there, mentioned her mom who has passed away. And at the very end, you kind of like, I don't know, set a goal or challenge yourself, however you want to <laughs> say it. You were like, the next time I come back, I'm going to talk about, and I'm quoting here, my dead mom. <laughs> and I don't think either of us knew that it would be under these circumstances where it's like, yeah, you will. And so will I. So here we are. But isn't that the way it always goes, though? Well, I mean, like... That's not the way it always goes. Well, sometimes you go that way and you're like... Exactly that way. <laughs> Every time. The classic thing where you say you're going to talk about your dead mom and then your friend also loses Ooh, her mom. And then there's like a real tragedy in someone's life and you're like, time to make it about me. Time to talk about my dead mom. You're like, it's time for me to come back. But uh, it's funny because now it's like, oh crap, you, I guess you actually have to talk about it now. Because I mean, <laughs> you probably would have put it off. You know, I would keep pushing, keep pushing that gigantic... Who is, is it Sisyphus that pushes rock up with the boulder yeah yeah and then it comes down and smashes him in a in a cacophony of crippling self-doubt <laughs> so this dead that's mother. this episode it's the boulder <laughs> yeah it's the boulder but um but i mean i don't know i like i feel like maybe i, I texted you about this recently because this is actually the first time that we're like talking like we've been we've been texting ever yeah, this is oh our yeah first conversation it's so nice to meet you thank you for helping me it's so nice meeting you for the first time <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Actually, we've been texting and like messaging, which is the same thing. Um, but we haven't <laughs> spoken like even yeah virtually face to face. I know. I was like, I, how funny that we're like recording it, and yeah, but also kind of. I don't know. I feel like I feel very hashtag privileged to like be having this talk with you because what I'm actually trying to get up by having this whole rigmarole roundabout way of saying this is that I think I messaged you this, but like it's like selfishly, I'm so glad. Obviously, I'm not glad that your mom fucking died, but I'm, like, glad no. to have someone in my close circle that, like, mm -hmm. finally I'll be able to, like, have these conversations with and, like, really in an honest and open... Because yeah. We were talking about this a bit before we started hitting record. Like, this is a very exclusive club. The Dead Mom Club. It's the worst club. It's the worst club in the world. But it's also, like, I don't know, man. Like, there's just... It's, just, like... Truly, if this was the first time that we were meeting, and, like, this is something that had both happened to us, like, whenever that happens to us, like, you both, you know each other automatically so intimately in this way that, like, other people just, tr only true fans will know what it's like to have <laughs> Stop listening if your mom or dad has not died. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, it's true, though, because in this time, like, a lot of people have obviously called me, sent messages and stuff with their support, and they've all been super, super lovely. But it's also made me realize how many people I know who have also lost their parents, mm -hmm. and a lot of them, like, you know, at a young age and stuff. Um, some of them I already knew, and some of them I had no idea, and they told me. And everyone's messages have been incredibly supportive. Mm -hmm. But the people who have also lost a parent... And in some cases, both parents, it was like a next level because they were like, I know, obviously, I don't understand your personal because every experience is unique, you know, but they got it in a different way mm -hmm. where they were the only ones who actually got the fact that they were like, right now, you're overwhelmed with how many people are reaching out to you because mm -hmm. it has been like very overwhelming, like the amount of comments and messages and in no way am I complaining about that. It's just like, it's been a lot. And I've had this like, weird like feeling of like need to respond to each person and it's just been so overwhelming on top of my own emotions mm -hmm. 
But a couple of them have said, but what's interesting is in a few months when it quiets down, when you really do need someone, mm. suddenly it's going to be like crickets. Oh my like God. Like when you act, yeah. She's like, right now you're getting like so much of it that you like, I can't even, because everyone's like, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm mm -hmm. here for you. And you're like, so, I am so insanely grateful. Yeah. But I only have 24 hours a day that I can't <laughs> even, you know, like even if I wanted to, I couldn't actually go to each of those people who have been so kind to, you know, mm -hmm. offer themselves in this time. It's so funny that you say that because I'm going to both um, pat myself on the back as your friend and also ruin the surprise. <laughs> it's like I literally on my desk, here, right next to you. I like, I have this card that I bought for you, like, that I specifically, I'm like, it's on my desk because I'm gonna, at first, I'm on the other side of the fucking country, so it'll like send, take yeah. a very long time to get to you, but I was like, I'm gonna send this in like a couple weeks, just as a reminder, mm -hmm. like, yeah, when, when the like, oh, this sounds so terrible, but it's like the truth of the matter, when the like shininess and newness and the novelty yeah. of, of somebody's passing wears off, like when, when mm -hmm. all the, like the true gems and the wonderful humans that we love, but also like the the fucking vultures, like when they like yeah. recede into the darkness, like I need you to know. And like I I was so grateful for the people who were this in my life when it happened to me, like that they're like that I still have your back, and like mm -hmm. that's when you need to talk. Because like right now, uh, it's like it's so close to to the explosion yeah. happening that it's like you're like that you the your ears are still ringing, like you don't really know, like totally, it's so, like you're so disoriented. But then like when you finally get your feet on the ground and like when the dust starts to settle, it's like, Oh, that's, it's like, yeah. what does this look like in my daily life without this person? What does this feel like? That's when I'm going to need it. And like, yeah, that's first of all, I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank I you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Ruined the surprise. <laughs> um, but yeah, a couple of them did say that like, I'm going to be checking on you periodically in like a couple months or every couple months. I'm going to just check in on you because they know from experience that like, that's when everyone kind of forgets. Yeah. Everyone knows now because it's the new you know, it's new. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's new and shiny for everyone. Even that I've noticed and like, in no way I'm expecting other people to feel the same way I am about this. I totally get it. But like, even some people who like posted on the first or second day that they found out like friends or extended, you know, whoever, and they would post these like, you know, terribly sad posts about how they were so sad to lose my mom as a friend or like whatever the relationship was. Mm -hmm. But then like literally later that day or the next day would post like a completely random post about nothing. And I just like in that it showed like, oh, this is the difference. Yeah. And it's fine. I'm not expecting them to be grieving the same way I am, her literal daughter. Mm -hmm. But the difference was that they were like, oh, here's the post moving on. Exactly. Whereas for me, I'm exactly. like, there is no move. Like the post, like it's all I think. Totally. Even when I try to lighten the mood by posting something else or like by laughing or joking or whatever, it's still there. It's still like above me, like this dark cloud. So I'm like, oh, that's so nice that you can be like mm -hmm. oh I'm so sad to lose her anyway whereas for me like I feel like there is no anyway yeah. like it's like it's this exactly it's just this it's constant now. like it's oh man like I've, I've tried to do that thing where you like you active listen and you like say exactly what the other person said but you just said it so well it's like there and it's like I I know that feeling and it's hard to like label that feeling because it's not you're not like mm. mad at your friend you're not like no. angry but that feeling no. like of course it's like oh well like fucking nice for you that it's like yeah. I do my grief at like like in my day planner 11 a.m grief like yeah. noon lunch with my friends it's like no like yeah even if you do go out to lunch with your friends if you like are able to get yourself out of the house and go do that it's like it's still it's it's like at the forefront of your of your mind all the time you know what I mean yeah one of the girls one of my friends who also lost her mom a couple years ago and she's the person who I had first seen the hashtag dead moms club <laughs> she was like get ready like even it's everyone from the very first minute that it happened told me it comes in waves mm -hmm. and I'm like oh it, there's like nothing has ever been more accurate mm -hmm. than that statement like I'll think I mean I'm never gonna be okay and it's only been at the time of this recording it's only been just over two weeks mm -hmm. but like sometimes I feel like a little bit of normal you know yeah. and then like that like something will remind me of her or I'll just have a thought and it's like completely like 
I can't even track where that came from. Like, yeah. I won't even be like, oh, because that is directly. It'll be like out of, and I'll just start crying. I'll be like doing dishes and I'll start crying. I'll see something that she gave me or something. Like we have a teapot on our kitchen counter and it's so cute because it's like, it's a teapot and matching mug and thing that my mom had given me for Christmas or my birthday. It's like this really cute, dainty, like flowery one. And the exact day that she passed, but it was the day. So we didn't know yet. We didn't know until the night that day. So my partner's grandmother passed away in the fall and that was really sad too, of course. And um, his mom brought over a lot of her stuff. And one of the things was like this tea cozy thing, like to go over the teapot. Oh, and it was just like obsessed. this perfect. And at this moment, yeah. so cute. But at this time that they brought it, we still didn't know that my mom had passed or she hadn't passed yet. Mm-hmm. And then now it's just sitting at the corner of our kitchen counter. And it's just this like symbolic thing of both of them. Because mm-hmm. it's like my mom's teapot that she gave us and then his grandmother's tea cozy thing Mm -hmm. so I literally like see it when I'm just putting over the dishes and I start crying (laughs) like and I'll be fine and then I just start crying and I'm like am I gonna cry every time I see it because I also don't want to not have it because I you know it's special to me but I'm like am I gonna literally cry every time I see it and then another way you could be like am I gonna be sad the first time I look at it and don't cry like is that something listen the ways in which we can be like I believe Shakespeare wrote let me count the ways in which I can be sad about my dead mom like there's it's just a plethora of options yeah man like it's okay yes okay so I have so many thoughts and I have so many feelings just but like okay I love for okay where do I start I love the idea of that it comes in waves because I the way that I always told it to myself which is the same thing but in like less cool words is I always always have that like it's just like getting hit by a truck which is like less cute than getting hit by so I'm gonna switch to like being washed over by waves because it's like yeah and that like I think you and I have like briefly talked about this but my experience at the time of this recording what year is it this is about I think how old am I I'm going so we're going on 16 years (laughs) since my mother passed away which is like two very different perspectives but and at the same time like like we've talked about too like time collapses in on itself at a time and like a distance doesn't matter like it's yeah it can, yeah so anyway, time doesn't like, exist anymore all of it's just limbo like i don't know what sci-fi day it movie is, but... about a dead mom because that is the ultimate time Seriously. travel is all i'm saying let me get jj yeah. on the phone let me talk to him about my deep-seated trauma that i've never unpacked and we'll have we'll have a pitch um anyway <laughs> it'll just be called dead mom's <laughs> okay okay i need to talk to you about <laughs> the jackets that i want to get made Picture Grease, the pink ladies, but it just has dead mom club on the back. Anyways, I've been thinking about that for a long time, and finally we can make the jackets happen. Um, okay. You're like, can one of my friends have their mom die? Please! <laughs> I go to sleep at night, like, Marie at the end, it's like, sound of music, and she's like, bless Kurt, bless Lisa, bless all my friends and their dead moms. Like, I just want them all so we can finally get the jackets. I'm kidding, and I swear to God, if God is real, he will smite me because this is... Lightning, just like, that's what the technical difficulties are. Yeah. God being like, can you stop making these jokes? Can you chill? But, um, okay, switching back, what was I saying? Yes, getting hit by a truck where it's like, yeah, like it does, it like, the the seeing, like the seeing of the tea cozy, like, it's like these, it's like having a phobia almost, where it doesn't have to be rational what sets you off. Mm -hmm. It's just all of a sudden, like literally out of nowhere even for me almost 16 years on from when it happened it's like the reaction in my body is the same like there will just and I guess I fucking hate silver lining shit around this Mm -hmm. but like the the like hallmark card takeaway is that the trucks become less and less frequent as time goes on they don't hit like they still slap pretty hard let me let me be yeah it's not hard but like it'll like I think you and I were talking about this a little bit it's like there will be a day where you don't cry and there will be then there'll be a bunch of days where you cry and then there'll be two and then there'll be three and then like and, and then I don't know, just like it, it, you learn to sort of 
go through the motions of life, and, and the ache is always constant, and it is always there. The trucks come less frequently is the only way that yeah. And also, too, I guess, not to mean like, ooh, she's a woman, but like, for me, because I think you, you and I have been talking a little bit about like, wanting to keep your mother's memory alive and not wanting to forget her and like mm-hmm. wanting to, to keep her stories with us, which I think is, we'll circle back to this, I think is like truly, like, I think it is the biggest service you can do yourself now to like, mm-hmm. to solidify those memories, to like write them down, to do, like to do this podcast. Like I think, yeah, I think 16 years from now, Perea will really, firstly, she'll be hot. Secondly, she'll be big. So, <laughs> I mean, she already is hot. Don't you say that. Like, in 16 years, you'll finally She'll finally be hot. Oh my God. In 16 years more, when we're drinking out of our, like, warm tea from our tea cozies and wearing our matching dead mom jackets, we're going to be so happy that we had this conversation because I think it is really important yeah. to commemorate our mothers in this way. That's how I'm thinking. Like, I'm sure some people, and this is classic Priya being like, what will people think? Some people might be like, oh, this seems a little, I don't know, morbid or something, but you're, everyone thinks differently. Club. And for me, like, yeah, yeah, you're not in the club. You don't get to decide. And also, <laughs> like, it's my mom. I can decide what to do. And at the end of the day, she was proud of me for doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. And literally the the first review on the like Apple podcasts for this is from my mom. It's five stars. And it just says, please do more episodes. <laughs> like there's nothing about the, the co- It's just like more. Like oh. keep going. And I was like, I'm going to. Give me a second. It was like a <laughs> day much. after the first episode <laughs> came out. And I was like, I'm trying. <laughs> um, so I think so she would actually be happy that I'm mm-hmm. doing this and talking about it. And like for me, it's like a time capsule in a way. Yeah. That's actually one of the first things. The first night that it happened and a bunch of our friends came to see me. I'm st- I was still in disbelief. I'm still in disbelief. Yeah, it's totally. just a little over two oh, weeks. Oh, I'm like, sixteen I think, years. I'm like I was gonna ask you. Like, yeah, I was out. gonna yeah. ask you if it still feels like that. Where you're like, okay, so at the time of this recording, we just passed April Fools by like a couple of days. Yeah, and I kid you not, I genuinely like when it happened, I was like, please let this be the worst. Mm absolute worst April Fool's joke ever. Like, let it be the worst prank, like, to end all pranks. But, like, I'll be fine. Just, like, let it be a prank. Yeah. And then I remember the morning after I found out, I woke up and I, w- I just started bawling because I was hoping it would be a terrible dream. And then when I woke up and I still felt that pain, I was like, guess it wasn't a dream. Cool. And then I was like, okay, the next thing is hope it's an April Fool's joke. And then, like, yeah. it wasn't an April Fool's joke. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that night, well, I was still in disbelief, as I am now, and I just told our friends, I was like, the best thing you can do for me right now is anytime you think of a funny or positive or happy or just like anything about my mom, just tell me. Mm-hmm. Like if any memory comes to mind that makes you smile or laugh or just remembering her, even if it's not even like any way good or bad, just like a thing that she did or said, just remind me. Mm-hmm. And that's been the thing that's helped me the most because it has made me feel less alone in this. Because sometimes it does make you, you start to feel like, am I the only one experiencing this? Am mm-hmm. I the only one experiencing her loss? Am I also the only one who experienced her alive? Is like, yeah. you start to almost feel like, was she an imaginary friend in a way where you're like, she's not here now. Did she ever exist? It's like this weird feeling where you're like, I need proof of her mm-hmm. existence from others. Like, I need people to be like, I witnessed her. <laughs> so just yeah. just people being like, oh, this funny thing she said. I was like, oh, good. So that happened. Like, that yeah. really did happen because you were there for it. Thank you for reminding me. And like, it like solidifies her like in this world as like a real person who lived and breathed and said ridiculous things. Totally. <laughs> so I've been trying to like, I, it's been a little, it's still too soon to do it, but like, I want to like compile a lot of people's comments and stuff. A lot of her friends too have said like some really, really sweet things um, because obviously they were really close and I want to like write them down in a notebook or maybe even like literally like print off like a screenshot and just like yeah. paste it in like a, um, whatever they, like a scrapbook or whatever. <laughs> and then this, and then this is the, 
audio version of that, right? Yeah. So even if literally no one else listens to this, I feel like we'll listen to it. And mm-hmm. years down the line, just like you said, I'm going to be thankful that I have this. I will be genuinely surprised if this doesn't get one million plays on Apple Podcasts. But like other, but, but other than that, One yes, million. Like, that's the goal. <laughs> one, million. one million strong. Um, yeah, it's it's so fun. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just not... Yeah, the fans at home can't see the video feed, but I'm just like doing, I'm like just doing so much aggressive nodding that like I'm going to give myself. You're at a rock concert. You're just <laughs> yeah, hair exactly. flipping back and forth. This is a COVID friendly rock concert. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Dead Monk Club of... is a great like punk band name. Okay. Apropos literally nothing. What do you think about the punk band, some solo act punk band name, Les Boys, L-E-S-B-O-Y-S. As a straight person, oh, can I, I like do this? Because then if Anglophones are really think I like that. But I don't know if that's okay. Or but even if they do, that's kind of, I kind of like that too. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Well, I've always said my favorite name for an all-girl punk band is Slippery When Wet. <laughs> yeah, yes, we got this. Is- <laughs> We got 16 years on. We've been talking about yeah. this for about 16 Since years. high school. And I was like, I have absolute no musical talent. I just need someone else to be the talent. And I'd be like, I got the name for you. And then i dip out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's my contribution. You're like that character in the social network that's like, take the dough away from Facebook. Oh, yes. Yeah. Fucking Justin Timberlake, who's like, not the Facebook, just Facebook. Wow. That's me. Korea, with I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You are the Justin Timberlake of grief. <laughs> that is what? so mean. I, I hate it. Take, take it back. Take that out. Take that out. Um, okay, but back to the real shit that we were talking <laughs> but the, also too dead mum club this is what i feel like people i really feel like we need to we need to hashtag normalize but like we need like genuinely it's it would be so much more helpful for people to actively talk about death in the way that it mm-hmm. is the reality of death and that it is the only thing in our lives that is ever present never leaving will always be there it's like that's the one thing you could bet ten thousand to one odds on and you'll make a million bajillion dollars like people get so tiptoey around like oh can i make a joke you around like, whisper you, the word you, like death yeah or it's like how's like oh i'm sorry to hear about your it's like that bitch is dead yeah. like, I know like you we do you, do you think I'm the one who does you think I'm the one this is a surprise for like yeah listen, if everybody knows she's gone it's me I actually saw I saw an Instagram post or something like shortly after and it was like you don't have to worry about like mentioning their name mm-hmm. or like saying the word mom because a fear of reminding that person that they're like mom or whoever died believe me they know if anyone knows and thinks about it every second of every day it's them so if anything say their name exactly like, say their name exactly yeah which is why like it really hit home for me what you were saying about like keeping like like having like witnesses to it's like did i dream her like Mm -hmm. was this just like a was this Mm -hmm. like an april fool's prank while i was sleeping when i dreamed like this amazing wonderful mother because Mm -hmm. i think again i'm not trying to like or like, like oh the good thing is yeah. but like what a gift truly that you and your mother knew each other so well and that you knew each other as adults too because I think that like mm-hmm. the way that you are able to know somebody to have that relationship and to have to be able to keep like the true Fareeds alive and like to be able to yeah. have like participate in that that kind of memory of her is like is something honest if I'm honest I'm very jealous of like I'm very I'm deeply mm. jealous of that and like it, it maybe that's not like the coolest thing to say but no but I think that's also really like important like I think a lot of people feel jealousy and they're always afraid to say that out loud because everyone knows it's like a quote negative emotion it's one of the bad ones but we all feel it at some point or another and and it's even worse to then like hide it yeah you know I've actually even thought about you a lot in this time and I keep calling them my ping pong thoughts Mm -hmm. especially like when it first happened like my brain was going a mile a minute just thinking of every random thing and one of the first thoughts I couldn't tell you the time because Time is going so fast and so slow at the same time. But one of my thoughts was, oh my God, not like I know how Mahalia feels, but kind of just like it, one of, it was literally one of the first thoughts Mm. I went to you and I went, oh my God, we're 
the same. We're not, you know what I mean? Like not the same, but like suddenly we were like that much closer yeah. in this way. And then I started thinking of you. And even sometimes I have like certain things that I say like, oh, my mom didn't even get to see me reach 30. Mm -hmm. Or one of my very first thoughts was, oh, my mom will never be a grandmother mm -hmm. to my kids, which is truly one of the things that makes me the most sad because I know she'd be such a good grandma. And then even those, like I feel bad for even thinking those things or saying those things because I'm like, well... Mahalia is also not going to have that experience or like Mahalia lost her mother at 13. So who am I to complain about not having my mom see me reach 30, you know? And then I start to feel like this extra guilt because yeah. I'm like, okay, well, we all lose, if we do lose our parents, we lose them at different ages. And not that I'm in any way happy that anyone has lost their parents. <laughs> I mean, like if I could be like, that's a thing that's just not allowed to happen. Yeah. I would, <laughs> you know. We can make jackets in another way. Like, another yeah, way yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I, I would totally give that back. Be like, no, 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 it's fine. Yeah. But like it is sometimes, there's no good word. I'm just going to say the word nice. It's not nice. Mm -hmm. But just remembering that I do have other people who've been, who've had this experience too. I wish that none of us had this experience. But again, that whole feeling of not, just not feeling lonely in it mm -hmm. and just knowing that like we've all experienced it at different stages. Like there's no good time to lose your mom, yeah. whether it's 13 or 29 or whatever. Like it just fucking sucks. It sucks, mm -hmm. right? Like it's just like, there's no good time for it. So there's, it, yeah, it's just shitty. Um, <laughs> but like about, <laughs> just, it just, it's just shitty sucks. is you know what, what it mean? is. <laughs> We're going to sum it up. It just fucking sucks. Um, I was talking to my dad and some of my family members from my dad's side uh like video call uh shortly after it happened and my uncle my dad's brother um kept accidentally calling me fatty ball so my name in farsi is patio and my mom is fatty ball and like they sound very similar but just in that same way that you know like you accidentally call someone mm -hmm. it's like the classic thing that parents do where they call their kids all each other's names because they can't remember who's who yeah but he kept calling me that and like it was just a slip of the tongue, but also because she was on all of their minds. Mm -hmm. And then I could see my dad in the background, like, getting kind of mad at him and, like, trying to, like, whisper, kind of tell him to, like, stop, like, stop calling her that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's fine. Like, if anything, what a compliment to call me my mom's name. Honestly, like, keep it up. Yeah. But also, I'm like, you're not going to remind me. Like, mm -hmm. it's okay. I know it's a slip of the tongue. I know you know what my name is. Mm -hmm. It's fine. And also, like, you're not going to make me sad by saying her name. I'm already sad. That honestly, I was just going to say, like, I feel like people are so worried that, like, they're going to push the wrong button and then, like, the yeah. China doll will, like, crumble into a million pieces. And it's like, yeah. I'm already in a million pieces. Like, what are yeah, you Yeah, I'm already in a million pieces and you saying her name is not going to be that. If anything, <laughs> yeah. it's good. Like, keep saying it. Don't yeah. ever forget it. Let's not forget her. Let's not... Stop, like let's never stop saying let's that's a lot of negative don't stop saying her name yeah <laughs> say her name um, Keep yeah say her name there you go yeah. um say my name say my name it's Fariba singing that song oh yeah. Fariba's child you oh my god yikes oh uh, boy but uh yeah so um it's been shitty mm -hmm. it's been fucking awful uh, the other thing too is again when I was saying how like I keep thinking of you in this mm -hmm. is like we met mm -hmm. after your mom had already I think it was like the first or second week of high school like yeah. it was so fresh and we had come from different elementary schools so we didn't know each other before mm -hmm. so I met you having known basically that there's this girl in our class whose mom just passed away like when you were didn't come to school for a few days like all the teachers had to like yeah notify all the classmates of what had happened so when you did come back i'm like oh that's that girl whose mom passed away totally. <laughs> which is like such a weird way to like meet someone and then of course we became super close friends mm -hmm. 16 years later still friends 
But like, that's what's so sad is I never got to know her. Mm-hmm. I only know her from what you tell me or us. But then also because we were so young and we so were not able to process grief and we kind of just took your lead. Mm-hmm. So we were like, if she talks about her, we'll talk about her. And if she doesn't talk about her, we won't talk about her. And it became this thing of like, we kind of were just like, well, we'll just do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think we were, because we were just a bunch of dumb 13 year olds, mm-hmm. we kind of were that thing of like, don't say the word, mom. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't say it around Malia. Um... So I'm so sad I never got to know your mom. I'm like, yeah, I wish I could. And like, you know, I've always said like, if, if and when you want to tell me stuff about her, you've been doing it more recently where you'll just kind of tell us like, oh, this is how my mom used to make tadig like you told us or just little things here and there. Like, I love it so much because I'm sad I never got to meet her because here I am being so grateful that there are people who got to like witness my mom and experience her and like remind me that she was real and not an imaginary yeah. friend. And I'm like sad I, I can't be that for you. So whenever and however, like text me at three in the morning, you'll be like, <laughs> I just thought of a funny thing my mom used to do. And then like I can remember that always and like bring it up oh, if that's that. what you want. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. So yeah. Thank you. That sounded really fake, but I really genuinely did. Thank you. <laughs> this is what I'm like. This is sort of the, the full circle fantasy moment of like the, when the truck hits you. It's like with so much with so much time perspective. Sometimes the truck hits me in this way where it's like, yeah, obviously, like the wave will come and it'll be like an immense sadness, but it'll be like almost like a recovered memory of like, oh my god, like mm-hmm. I'll I'll be out and about and see a thing that I didn't know that my mom did something or felt a certain way about something, and then like the stimulus will like appear itself or, or present itself in my environment, and it'll like bring this like oh my god like I I had forgotten or like I didn't know that I knew mm-hmm. this about my mother, and so I think that that's I don't know that's that's like the weird silver linings playbook of of the of the getting run over by a semi truck like every day is that yeah sometimes it like drops a little like a little. A little pepper spray yikes of uh pepper of, spray i don't know where this metaphor is good this metaphor is so lot the wheels have come off of the truck so to speak. <laughs> yeah but it like uh to, like this idea to come back to this idea of like everyone in your life helping to participate to keep her memory alive i feel like the reason that i feel <laughs> jealous of of that for, isn't isn't because like oh my god i wish i had like so much more to obvious obviously i fucking wish i had more time i wish I, one millisecond i would like i would get run over by a semi-truck to have mm-hmm. like one millisecond more with my mother just the like the weird timing of it specifically for me was because it was literally i think it was like the second or third week of high school and that's a major like identity transition and like your social groups are changing and you're you're your your identity footing is like completely off balance and so for that to have happened like in that moment like it was just weird for like I feel like I I genuinely did not start like really processing the loss of my mother until I like moved out of the house and moved away like that first year of university I like mm-hmm. specifically really associated with like working through some of my grief because I just like I ha- it was sort of like a survival tactic it was like okay like I know I I'm st- either way like 13 going into high school you're starting over with your identity and I was like like I can't have my identity like be this right now like it just it was like a fight or flight thing and so and two, this mm-hmm. whole idea of like all the like teachers went around and told every I I I think it could be misremembering, it could be making my life more dramatic than it actually was, but I didn't know that the teachers had gone around oh, and shit. like made this announcement until like ye- truly years later. We were like all adults and like oh, really? having dinner like at my dad's house or something, and it came up. It was like yeah, like we all knew. Like I didn't know that, and I remember like you guys all left, and I was like 
I was like, I gotta fucking cry or do some shit because like I didn't know that my identity had been associated with that for so long. And I'm sh- maybe you feel the same way, but like being the the gal with the dead mom, like that's a lot mm. to have on your shoulders. And maybe you're experiencing a little bit of that right now, but like you, uh, it really felt like I was like marked in that way, you, even without the knowledge that I mm. literally was. Like my reputation yeah. precedes me. I'm the gal with the dead mom. <laughs> I, but yeah, it was it was hard to disentangle myself from that for a very long time to the point where to my own detriment I too far disentangled myself from it and I'm really I'm happy and grateful for like the self-aware person I've become or I'm trying to become that I I did try my very hardest to do some of that work as an adult and I'm still trying to work through it obviously 16 years on like the wound never really closes but um yeah all this to say very long way of saying like I'm very grateful and happy for you genuinely like even though there is like the seed of envy of course Mm -hmm. like i'm happy that i as your friend in my small way get to participate in keeping your mother as tangible as she can be because i I don't want to say like keeping Mm -hmm. keeping keeping someone alive like that always feels weird to me like keeping someone alive it's like i'm not kidding myself like she can say it as much as you want exactly like she's not alive but like how do i how yeah exactly how do i make her how do i make sure that this wasn't like the worst episode of punked ever like how do i make sure that like mm-hmm. i when i like that i have a reference that i know like this is the way that she made her tactic because like i saw it like i ate i like put it in my mm-hmm. body and turn it into shit that wasn't like this is this this road is going <laughs> somewhere um but uh but yeah so i'm just i'm glad i think my jealousy doesn't come from like oh like i wish i had more time obviously i wish i had more time it's like i'm i don't want you to have to go through like five years of just like of band-aiding the wound so that and then and then like mm-hmm. dealing with like i this is what i really i'm very ecstatic to be participating in your podcast like I'm, i really want you to like write shit down like post all the pictures you want like mm-hmm. do like do whatever you feel in those moments like you want to do fucking do it like it's not worth like oh no she's getting emotional it's not worth <laughs> like going along to get along like it's not worth like yeah. plastering over the wound just to like make it easier on yourself this isn't gonna be fucking easy like this is gonna be the oh yeah it's gonna suck life. no matter what and it will only prolong the shittiness if you don't do it. yeah exactly if you're trying to like hide it and not i mean honestly if i was 13 or like in high school and it happened i probably would have done this mm-hmm. like you kind of because you and i we talked about this last time a little throwback we're really good students <laughs> um and i feel like you probably just like threw yourself even more into like academics mm-hmm. and stuff just like you were like let me have this be a distraction let me just and also I mean you didn't know but as like kind of like a, I'm more than just the girl whose mom died I'm mm-hmm. my own person I'm smart I'm talented on this and that so you're like I'm gonna do everything else and it's a great way of like distracting yourself too right well, 1000 yeah. and distractions are really helpful but then like years down the line you're like did I ever feel the feelings <laughs> like did yeah. I ever give myself a minute to realize what I had lost or was mm-hmm. I so trying to just band-aid every wound like it's like like a dam is bursting and you're mm-hmm. trying to like put things on and you're like no this is the we just all we do is like shitty metaphors when <laughs> but um that's just what we're trying to do like 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 short-term solutions mm-hmm. so it's yeah uh I am always like I wish I could have like met her um but I'm always here to hear whatever you want to tell us about her thank you I appreciate that yeah of course I know you had also said it was hard with your like brothers too and your dad like mm-hmm. kind of everyone together was like let's just not feel this thing yeah um, which okay I'll, so I'll that doesn't help either two, two quick things first to come back to oh god what? oh did I lose my thoughts I'm trying to like retain my thoughts okay first thought was that okay first of the two thoughts is <laughs> oh yeah okay you wish you could have met her and this is what I mean where it's like again obviously like it's never a good time to lose your mother. But, like, I'm stoked yeah. that you got to meet, like, 
is the real Sarita. That you knew her as an adult. She knew you as an adult because it's like that. That's why I feel like it's harder to like quote unquote keep my mother's memory alive because I who knows who knows their thirteen year old kid and what thirteen year old kid truly knows mm-hmm. their parent. Like, excuse me, like mm-hmm. we were two aliens floating on two different planets, like happy as clams yeah. until those planets collided and like only ones arrived. Um, worst metaphor in the world. So stop. <laughs> so that's gets worse. It's like I'm very. I'm almost like sometimes I'm hesitant to like you know like tell people stories about her or like bring these moments of her. I'm I'm better at it now because part of me is like this whole did I dream this? It's like I have a hard time trusting my own yeah. memories of her because it's like I was fucking thirteen and like hormonal as shit and it came out of nowhere and it was like well like what was real like what actually genuinely happened and what didn't mm-hmm. so that's like a, that's a little bit of bagage that i still have to unpack um and in terms of like with my my brothers and my dad and this again why i'm so glad that you're doing this and i feel like you're modeling this for people in your life who maybe one day something like this god forbid will happen to them is like having appropriate modeling of grief we always talk about like oh we need to model our feelings for our children and like we need to you know like show people how to appropriately mm-hmm. deal with like xyz it's like we really need to work on like helping people get through this because this is the one thing that's going to happen to everybody. Like it doesn't have to be your mother. It doesn't have yeah. to be, like, everybody will lose somebody at one point in their life. And like mm-hmm. nobody has, nobody has a handbook, but like my journey would have been like exponentially easier, better, faster, stronger, sexier, whatever year. <laughs> had I seen somebody in my life, like show me, not tell me, show me, how to process what my feelings through their, yeah, mm-hmm. through their own grief. And, like, bless my father's heart. Like, I'm going to air out his fucking dirty laundry. Sorry, I hope he never hears this podcast now because I don't want him to support yeah. me because, like, I don't know what, no. what will happen. We said I... this last time. We're like, yeah. here, we hope he doesn't listen. Yeah, we'll hide it from it. Um, but, like, <laughs> bless his heart. Like, the poor guy, like, he never stood a chance in terms of, like, showing his children how to properly process the loss of his wife. Because not only did, had he just lost his wife, but, like, he has, like, Oh, years and onion layers of like unchecked PTSD. <laughs> like you, there's just mm-hmm. it's a rich tapestry of experience. So I remember a couple of years ago. This is pretty recently, so like a lot of time had passed since my mom passed away or whatever. Um, and we were driving through for Vancouver fans, um, the Capilano Dam area, which is just like a like a beautiful like wooded area. It's like very kind of secluded. It's where they shot the Twilight movies, no braggies. Um, and so <laughs> and it's like definitely no braggies. <laughs> definitely no braggies. Like yeah, Jamesies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like we were driving by and it's like pretty close to the high school that we went to and I remember like my dad out of nowhere again like get, getting hit by the truck he was like oh I used to like go just walk around the dam like I would drop you guys off at school mm. and I would just go like he uh, he was like ooh generals he was a stay at home father when my mom passed away and then he had to like go through the journey of returning to work blah 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 but for the first little bit obviously like he didn't day one get back to work mm. so he would drop us off at school and then literally just like walk around the forest around Capilano Dam for like six hours Aww. and then pick us up and on the one hand I was like cute like find your place like live your life but then I, I remember having this like white hot wave of rage overtake me because I was like you you gave yourself that time and that space to go and process so privately but you never sh- shared any of it with us a and b mm-hmm. like I was never given that time like it's funny that this is again I don't trust my memory all the time but you remember me like having days where I wasn't at school, I, like, fully remember my mother was, she passed on the Saturday, or, sorry, she had a stroke on Saturday, we had to pull the plug on Sunday, 
Monday fucking morning. I was I was in gonna name drop Mr. Turner's grade eight math class, which I think you might have yeah. been in. Yeah, yeah, um, that was our eight nine math class. Yeah, and I oh my god, this is a real call. I was in advanced advanced math. math. Yeah, it comes right back to advanced math. <laughs> real you have to listen to episode six with Mahalia yeah. to know. It's what honestly we're about. very funny, and there's a lot less death, but also at the same time, that's from my test. <laughs> um, so I remember like grade eight math class. Like I was there, and my, I remember seeing my father like pull Mr. Turner out into the hallway and explain to him what happened. And I remember thinking like. Wow, like, Mr. Turner is going to get more of, like, a discussion on grief oh, shit. than I am getting at this point. And it's like, wow. again, I can't I can't fault my father for this. This isn't his failing. This is, he didn't have the tools necessary to help me with this, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, my God, I wish I had seen that in my life. Like, I so, so I remember being so angry with him for, like, a hot second. We were in the car. I wasn't going to, like, pull the fucking car over. We were going somewhere. But he yeah. told me that. And I was like, huh, like... I really needed that, and I didn't have, as a 13, my, it's not my failing, yeah. I was fucking 13, like, I didn't have the tools yeah. to ask, hey, I need space, hey, I need guidance, hey, I need somebody to show me how to do this, and of course, every, like, you know, guidance counselors, whatever, people, all the adults in my life were like, we're here for you, we're here for you, we're here for you, but when no one knows what they need in a situation, how on mm-hmm. earth are they supposed to ask for it, especially at an age like that, Yeah. in order, it's like, how do you, how does the tiniest ant climb the tallest? We're not going into more metaphors. I was going to try to do no. a mountain-climbing metaphor. Yikes. I'm not qualified <laughs> either as a metaphorist or a mountain climber to make any kind of grand statements. But, um... Yeah, like, I just keep thinking, like, what if, like, if we could go back and, like, your dad had even said, hey, instead of you guys going back to school, because first of all, I will say, like, I remember them all telling us that your mom had passed, but I do remember you being back really soon. Obviously, I didn't know the timeline of, like, Saturday, Sunday, all that stuff, but I remember, like, hearing it, and you were, like, instantly back, and I was like, (laughs) isn't that the girl whose mom just, why is she here? (laughs) Like for real, let's literally like go away. Yeah, yeah. But then I immediately, I feel like a part of me was like, because you and I had like every class together, and I was like, well, she's everywhere. Like, let's be friends. <laughs> she's um, everywhere. Oh. <laughs> she was. <laughs> I think we had every single class, yeah. like the way our schedules lined up, and I was like, I'm gonna be friends with her, and it happened. But I do remember you being there instantly, and I don't even know if like we were too young to even know if like that was strong or if that was mm-hmm. like even people being like, you're so strong, and it's because people are saying that to me too, and I'm like. Eh, because I am like like you don't see it because I'm not like literally posting myself I mean I did cry a little bit on my um talk about it like the IGTV whatever but like I will be like having just straight up sobbing for an hour and then I have someone be like you're so strong and I'm like you don't know the full story Mm -hmm. but okay um completely just went off topic there for a second but um I remember you coming back immediately and now that you're telling me that, like, I just think of, like, what if, like, your dad had been like, hey, mm-hmm. how about you don't go to school and we all just go for a walk around Cleveland Dam or something? Like, you and your brothers or just you and him if maybe they didn't want to do it or, like, any combination of that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't even want to say what ifs because there's nothing we can do. All I've been doing for the past two plus weeks is what ifing every situation mm-hmm. and scenario and trying to find a way that this could have not happened or I could have had one more minute or one more day with her. Well, like, you can't help but think, like, like how much that could have maybe helped. And like, it's more just like saying for future and saying now that we understand grief a little bit more, because who will ever fully understand grief is like being able to process those feelings and like maybe just having someone witness you processing them, you know, like just even whether you walk in silence or kind of just shared memories of her because your family are the people who witness her the most, right? Like we unfortunately can't be witnesses to your mom, but like they all can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wonder maybe, you know, Maybe there's some work to be done next time I see my family when this pandemic finally fucking ends. But, like, I don't know, just to 
to connect this back to you because we're talking about my fucking self for like the past no years. we're talking about both moms dead moms <laughs> dead moms the plural club they're the vips of the dead moms club by the way the dead moms they are like they get bottle oh, yeah, service true. they like unlimited cocaine oh totally yikes my <laughs> She'd be actually so pissed if she heard this. She'd be like, you, yeah, you my mom would a bitch. Be like, You're talking about bottle service. What are you doing? My mom would be like, cocaine is not natural. No, <laughs> oh it's not. Isn't it though? I don't it's know. Kind of natural. It's kind of a little bit natural. Plant. Anyways, never, full disclaimer, never done cocaine. I only talk about it when we see it seem cooler, which is like, yikes. What do I need to unpack about my relationship? <laughs> okay, anyway, blah, 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 blah. Coming back to the dead mom. This is why I feel like Again, like, had I had somebody guiding me through this experience, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's like, now I feel like I'm very glad and, like, honored and fulfilled and flattered and a little bit horny at you talking about, like, how, like, <laughs> you feel, like, closer to me in this way because I, I feel like in my, I don't know, the way that I talk about myself, like, I have, like, kind of self-appointed myself, like, grief captain of the world because I've had, I've had, I've lost my mother and I lost a first cousin, which is, like, uh, we were mm. close. It's not a... I don't want to compare, but it's like those are two people that I consider close in my circle. To mm-hmm. Totally. And like, I think it's one of those things where it's like a hundred percent or zero percent. It's like you understand the experience or you don't understand the experience. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the gift of all this is that now I like, I don't know. It just what am I trying to say here? There's no way. There's no way to put it into words. But it's the same thing I said. How one of my first ping pong thoughts yeah. when I heard that my mom had died was I understand Mahalia's experience. It's that same thing. Like we can't. We can't. There's no way to word it because I will truly never understand yours yeah. and you won't understand mine. But, at but the same it's time. that thing of like, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, um, like you said, like it's like you can empathize yeah. for someone grieving, but you won't get it until you get it. And exactly. you're like, oh. And like, you keep bringing up this metaphor of getting hit by a truck. I actually was hit by a car once when I was 14. <laughs> oh and I remember. Right, right, right. This old, that off chestnut. So ironically, your metaphor for getting hit by a truck is, I remember when I was 14, I was in Iran. Actually, both my mom and dad were in Iran at the same time. They were like divorced though. And I had like gone to see my mom for a few days. And then on the day that I was coming back to go to with my dad, um, I got hit by a car. <laughs> I literally was crossing the street. I tripped on one of those like, not speed bumps, but those like light bumps what the fuck do, the, are they called it was like little square like lights oh on the yeah, yeah, the, like, yeah 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 i tripped on one fell onto the ground and then a car came and like smashed into me and like threw me into the pavement and i literally got up and screamed like the loudest i've ever screamed yeah. in farsi hey, dad, <laughs> which just means it really hurts <laughs> But it was Accurate. the worst pain I had. Yeah, <laughs> it was the worst pain I had ever felt. And then it's funny that you keep using that metaphor because. And then when my mom died that night, I was like, "No, this is the worst pain I've ever felt. This, like, hit, getting hit by a car is nothing. Like, my head was literally smashed and was like, I was bleeding from my skull, mm-hmm. and I still have the scar from it. But I was like, No, 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 this, this is it. Mm-hmm. It like that first night, especially. I mean, every day has sucked, but that first night I could not sleep because mm-hmm. I kept thinking of like. The what ifs mm-hmm. of like, what if I could have stopped it somehow? So a pretty apt metaphor. Um, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> definitely hey, more violent dad. than waves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, and I like even the what ifs too. Like I was, I was going to like make you like do a book suggestion for you. And I was like, is it, do you want a book suggestion for you? I don't know. Cause like this idea of like, okay, this, okay, this, the year that I like finally was like, hey, like I've moved out. I live in a different province. Like I'm going to like go through my own shit and like the like fucking like five year. Be my own person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Finally started dealing with it. 
I read this book by Joan Didion called The Year of Magical Thinking, mm-hmm. which is she's uh, she's a journalist slash like nonfiction writer who's like very well accomplished. And she lost her husband and her daughter within six weeks of each other, both very unexpectedly. Nope. Yeah. Yikes. Nope, nope. Haley Big nope to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> me trying to flex like the three Farsi words. I'm like, I know it. Haley and that. Anyways. So she wrote this book called The Year of Magical Thinking, and magical thinking, like, as, like, capital M, capital T, means, mm-hmm. like, the kind of reality where the impossible happens, and it's, like, the year of magical, mm-hmm. like, the year, she had a whole year of what ifs, of, like, what if really this was all a dream, and I woke up, and, and mm-hmm. both of these people, like, the only two people in the world, she's an only child, too, and the daughter of the last, like, the only two people in the world they genuinely care about, what if they were just here tomorrow morning, and that, like, this whole year was just a wash, and that's, like, I think, I don't know, if, I don't know if you want to read this book. It was, like, very helpful for me at the time. Mm. Um, but, like, I really, like, I think as you were, we have, like, a group chat, and you're talking to a group chat, like, oh, what if, what if this happened? What if that happened? And I think some of our lovely, wonderful, supportive friends who I love and adore but have never gone through something like this were saying, like, trying to dissuade you, like, oh, it's not your fault. There's something you could do, which is, like, all very true. Mm. Of course there's nothing you could have done. But at the same time, like, I was, re- I saw those, we have a time difference. I saw those the next morning, and I was, like, like, of course, you have to think those things. Like, you can't not mm-hmm. ask yourself, what if X, Y, Z had happened? What if, not even, like, what if I had done anything, but just what if, it's like that scene in Benjamin Buttons, like, what if, like, <laughs> tied her shoes differently and, like, this all thing happened? Because, like, of course, like, this isn't, we're not, like, it's the most natural yet the most unnatural thing to happen to a person. Like, there, you have, mm-hmm. your mind has to go to the place where it's, like, actually, what if I was a, like, slimy octopus that was somehow able to, like, save the world <laughs> and therefore my mother wouldn't have died yeah. and, like, I wouldn't have lost the one person who literally made me with their body. Like, yeah. like it just, the, the what-ifs are, I don't know, I, I want to say, like, they're valuable because I don't want, there's no value. There is, and yet, like, value mm-hmm. is not in all of this. Like, it, it's, it's all valuable and it's all not valuable, but, like, you, I don't know. Your your body sort of knows. Like, it's what it's impossible not to think them though. Yeah. Like that first night, like I literally couldn't go to sleep because all I thought mm-hmm. was the what ifs. And even just the other night, we were coming back. It was season of death, mm-hmm. the thirteenth day of Persian New Year, Iranian New Year, Noruz. And on our way home, I actually started crying again in the car. Thankfully, I was not driving. My partner was driving, yeah. so it's okay. Wait, was I driving? <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, was I driving? <laughs> oh. Um, and I kept thinking like what if there is like an alternate universe where she's still alive? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of like that episode of Community where they roll the dice and it was like each, depending on which number it lands on, it's like a different alternate reality. And I felt like there's a reality out there where I'm not going to go into the details of how she passed, but she did go to Iran, which is something I, I just had this weird feeling where I didn't want her to go. And I kept telling her, please don't go, please don't go. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a feeling. And I'm not a person who's like a, has a fear of flying or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm also not a person who's like superstitious in any yeah, way. Yeah, you're really I'm not. Just, I'm really not. I'm not afraid of flying because I'm always like, if you're going to just... The, it's such a small percentage of like flights that turn mm-hmm. into something like that that I'm like, so you're just going to never do anything and like <laughs> live in fear because like for me, that's just not how to live my life. But I just really was like, mom, please don't go. I don't know if it's because of the flight or because, you know, it's COVID <laughs> and it's not time to travel or what. But I'm like, I have this feeling in me that you shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to speak her language because my mom is that kind of yeah. person. She is woo-woo. She is into that stuff. So I was like, this, I'll get her. And she like didn't listen. So I, this whole time I've been thinking, what if there was a combination of words that would have gone through to her? Because mm-hmm. I tried everything. My uncle tried everything. My partner, he didn't want her to go. We all tried to convince her. And the thing with my mom is she is the most stubborn person mm-hmm. in the world. The moment moment she sets her mind and heart to something like there's nothing you can do or say to change that so I keep reminding myself that it's like there's nothing you could have done more she had made up her mind but even my uncle 
I don't want to be talking about him too much on this, but like he also feels bad because he drove her to the airport. And he drove her to the airport because there was no one else and she, <laughs> yeah. she was going to go, right? So he's like, okay, fine, I'll drive you at four in the morning. Mm-hmm. But he has this weird guilt of like, I drove her mm-hmm. to the airport. And like, what if I could have not? And like, I keep thinking, what if I had gone to the airport and like ripped up her passport mm-hmm. or like ripped up her boarding pass and literally stood in the way and been like, you're not. But that's all hindsight 2020 because I know now what happened. Yeah. If I didn't know, that's like psychotic behavior. <laughs> yeah, of <laughs> so course. Obviously, so obviously I wouldn't have actually done that. But I kept thinking, what if there's a reality? There's one universe where I did get through to her. There was a combination of words that got her to like, would she have not gone and would she have not died? But then also knowing what had happened, all I can think is, but she would have eventually, because at the end of the day, the reason why I would have probably convinced her is because of COVID been like, it's not time Mm -hmm. to go because of COVID. And then I just think she probably would have gone once COVID was better and it still would have happened. And in that way, I could still think, yeah, but it would have given me three more months or six more months or one more year or whatever. And like, I would do anything for one more minute with her. So it still is like a better reality than this Mm -hmm. one. But when I really tried to like logic brain it, (laughs) I was like, it seemed like in every like final destination, (laughs) like no matter what you do, like, or um, in Lost when Desmond is, okay, spoilers, when Desmond is trying to save Charlie. (laughs) The show's been out for like like, 10 years. 10 years. If you don't know, come on. Well, like he says, like, no matter what I do, you're going to die. Like, it kind of feels like that, where it's like, all I could have done was maybe like prolong it by a bit, but it might have still happened. I mean, these aren't positive thoughts, but it also kind of helps me feel better in that, like, there's nothing I can, could have done, you know, as horrible as it is, like a lot of, obviously my whole family, all her brothers and sisters are grieving too. And one of my aunts, one of her sisters kept saying it was her own decision at the end of the day, like she did what she wanted to do. You know, mm-hmm. and at first it hurt to hear that because it kind of felt like blame. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this the time to be blaming her? But with a little bit more time, wow, two whole weeks. Um, <laughs> it's it kind of feels like this. It kind of is giving me a bit of peace of like there's nothing we could have done mm-hmm. because she was the kind of person who made her own decisions. And, you know, yeah, it sucks. And I wish she would have not. Made them. <laughs> but it kind of does give me a bit of peace of knowing like, yeah, you know. And I mean, I don't know if this is the right response to be having to what it is that you're saying but like i here I, final destination like i there's all like i feel this way. it's like of course i have there's the my i have my six million alternate realities as well like I, this is per, like mm-hmm. perhaps the darkest timeline perhaps not like i like mm-hmm. but at the end of the day like just like that character in lost whose name i'm already forgetting because it has been 10 years since the show's been out so people can fucking watch it and get over themselves <laughs> she, like my whatever happened like my mother would have died like at some she yeah well, i always find it so funny when people talk about their parents when they say Oh, if my dad ever dies, blah, blah, blah. If my mom ever dies, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, like they are you will. kidding yourself? Like, they, uh, and I'm not like, I'm not saying you have to, you have to rip up your mother's passport. Like, you have to do psychotic no. behavior to, no shade to psychopaths or like, people that are going <laughs> psychosis. But like, there's, you, you can't live your, your life. First off, you can't live your life in that way because like, then you would yeah. be a hermit and would never leave the house. Yeah, like never like, go on a plane just in case. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's the point? Yeah. But it's like, you also like, Nobody has to reconcile themselves to this fact because it's an irreconcilable fact. It's an Im- it's an impossible truth mm-hmm. um, that people die. But like the only constant is that like life does end, and and at some point yeah. we have to deal with it. And like again, I don't know if that if maybe that doesn't bring you maybe it doesn't bring me peace to know that. But like it it does. I guess it's like the time because we all just hope and assume that our parents are gonna die of old age peacefully yeah. in their sleep, and we will they will have lived a long life, and we will have lived a long life with them, and they will have experienced and witnessed and seen every single major milestone of mm-hmm. our lives, and every moment was happy. Like that's what we all wish, right? We're all like they will lie, live to a hundred <laughs> yeah. and see all your grandchildren and all your big moments, and it's like. 
it's not always like that, no. but it is true. It's like, it's going to, whether it happens now, I just, I definitely in no way thought it was going to happen now. Not that I was thinking, not that I had my money on anything. Like I think when I'm 37, like, <laughs> but, um, it, it came out of Nowhere. like complete. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing. It just, it, I, yeah. yeah. And like uh, to put it wisely, it fucking sucks. Like it's total it fucking it's shit can garbage asshole always forever piss in my mouth. Yeah. It's like even if you're like again, this is the best case scenario, like where they live to 100 and everything. It's like, did you just, have you seen the movie The Notebook? Like that, that it's the yeah, saddest movie in the world, sad. but it's the it's like they have to they have fulfilling long ass lives and have huge happy families and yet it's still like a devastating tragedy. It's like of course, like the baseline yeah. is that this is horrible. It sucks no matter what. Well, cuz like I keep we something we discovered is that both of our moms passed mm-hmm. at the age of fifty six. Mm-hmm. What people keep saying to me and what I keep thinking is that's so young. That's such a young age. But then I also think like just knowing my mom and the way she lived life, like I keep saying, like, my mom lived a fuller and happier life in her fifty six years than most of us do. Mm-hmm. Like we just kind of piss away every day, like <laughs> whatever. And she's constantly and she also had like a really good knack for finding a balance between like being on top of a mountain or swimming in the ocean in the fucking dead of winter and resting. Like she found a way to do both. Like she wasn't one of those people who was pushing herself when she was tired. If she was tired, she would fucking take a day to nap. Yeah. So yeah, it's it definitely was a short life. I wish she could have been here for longer than 56 years. And my mom's had some fucking hardships. Like mm. one of our close friends, her mom called me shortly after this and she was like, you have to write a book about her. <laughs> And it's funny because my mom all the time when I would be doing any kind of artistic thing or show her stuff I was writing, she'd always say like, okay, she didn't care about no brag. She was full brag because she was like, you should do a story about me. <laughs> and like, even with the podcast, she's like, when am I going to be on the podcast? Oh, like, my- she was so like, so <laughs> Reba, like, I love that. you should have me on the podcast. Like, you should do a story about me. And now I'm like, yeah, I should do a story about her. Like one yeah. day I'm going to write something about her because she has had like an insane life. And if people knew the shit that she had mm-hmm. been through, you would never understand or like be able to understand why she was as positive and fun loving as she was because it makes no sense like people have a fra- people have a fraction of her hardships and they're like i guess i'm, I'm just gonna like I'm, I'm wave out. the white flag that's yeah. yeah they're like that's enough for me it's been too hard and she just kept trudging along and you never even guess if you looked at her man i don't know i'm excited like i'm excited for that yeah to hear, to hear those stories yeah this she's been through some shit yeah. but um yeah this was a uh, as always happens with us, it was supposed to be a short 20-minute recording. And yet and I used more than, all my data. <laughs> yeah, you used all of your data. It took us more than 20 minutes just to get through the technical difficulties. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible to put us together mm-hmm. even in a non-recording setting and have us have, like, a short conversation. Honestly, I was like, is it rude if after we, like, quote-unquote, hang up this, like, recording session, I just, like, call you on the phone and we keep talking? Like, I was like, is that bad? <laughs> Is that a full We don't know how to like say goodbye. Oh, because like turn around. I'm right behind you. I'm never <laughs> <laughs> She's one of those. Old, um, it's um, well. I have. Can I share with you one more thought that is R E colon please. time? Um, so I don't know what, what what spurred this on me remembering this, which is like again this idea of like first off time and secondly knowing and not knowing and like not having the experience because I have the experience. Uh, is that I remember like this is a couple years before my my grandfather passed away like two years before my mother did. Um, and this, oh, okay. My timeline doesn't make sense, but this is between when my grandfather and my mother <laughs> passed away. But it was yeah. like a little, it was like cl- closer to my mother passing away than my grandfather. And I was in the car with my aunt, who is my grandfather's youngest daughter, blah, blah, blah. And I remember she was like doing that thing where like, perhaps you've started doing this now where it's like you mark time by like the death. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, so this this happened and like my mom was alive, so it must have been this year. Or like this happened and my mom was dead, so it must have been this year. Yeah. And like my aunt was talking about her father and she was like, 
oh, this happened in blah, blah, and he, like, she was doing the mental calculations, and she was like, oh, my God, like, it's, it's been, like, it's been, like, two years since he passed away, like, oh, my God, like, that's, like, no time at all, like, it's, it's still so present, he's, like, passing, blah, 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 and then I was, like, a fucking, like, shitty-ass, like, 13-year-old in the backseat, and I was, like, wow, get over it, like, two years already, oh. like, Jesus, I didn't say this, but I was, No, like, but it's what you thought, yeah, because yeah, you hadn't experienced exactly. it. Exactly, so I was, like, yikes, like, two years and you haven't gotten over it, like, go to therapy, hashtag the thing with this podcast, <laughs> but then, of course, my mother passed away, and I, like, was reflecting on, that, that moment popped into my head, or pops into my head fairly often, because now I know it's, like, Two, not to scare you, but like two years no, is but like the blink of a fucking eye. Like, yeah. it's like, again, like time collapses in on itself. Like, it's going on 16 years that, that my mom passed away, but it was, it was yesterday. Like, as like, it's mm-hmm. both, I, I feel so completely both of those truths at the same time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, this is like sort of not related to what you were just talking about, but I just need to. No, but it is. If anything is proven that like time is a circle or whatever, it's the fact that I, I feel like. I just found out yesterday, like I still remember vividly the moment I found out, mm-hmm. and yet I can't remember a time when she wasn't dead. A thousand percent, yeah. It's like, it's both. Everything, it's everything is Schrodinger's cat. Like, it's Schrodinger's <laughs> dead mom. Schrodinger's like, I honestly can't. <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> I can't remember a time when she was, like, it's like all consuming, but then I'm also like, it just happened though. Yeah. How and it's only been two weeks for me, let alone when it becomes one year, two year, five mm-hmm. years. It's so contradictory, but it like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I, I guess I, I've had 16 years to think about it and I still don't understand it. And yet I understand it to my core because I am yeah. grief captain number one. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. all of these contradictions yeah. all at the same time. No, everything. I've also said this to you that ever since it happened, everything has been a contradiction. Mm-hmm. Everything has been sad and happy at the same time. Every time that I'm I'm trying, I know everyone says you don't have to be strong, you don't have to, and I know I don't have to, but my mom was so someone who, like, would always be like, okay, don't dwell on things, don't be sad, and, like, that's not a good thing, like, you know, a therapy podcast, like, you should feel your feelings and be sad when you want to be sad, but I'm trying to also honor her in a way of, like, as sad as I am and as much as I cry every day, sometimes for five minutes, sometimes for, like, three hours, I'm trying my best to move forward in a way that she would have wanted for her, like, I'm trying to see that, like, I know she wouldn't want to see me, like, giving up on life because she left like that's what I kind of feel so I'm trying to like move forward in a positive way and think about her positively and remember the funny moments and the happy Mm -hmm. moments and all the things that she taught me and then like pass on that wisdom to other people because then it lives on and it's like more real because it's like that whole thing of like oh it didn't just exist between me and her if I can like tell other people about Mm -hmm. how like she told me to grow my sabs there or whatever but at the same time in the happy moments which is what I'm striving for then I feel guilty because why am I happy why am I laughing in this moment that's it's been mm-hmm. 10 seconds since my mom died like how dare I laugh what is wrong with me for laughing right even though I'm trying to laugh because I know it's what she would have wanted but then I'm like would people think or would she be upset mm-hmm. that I'm laughing you know it's like everything's a contradiction totally if I'm sad I feel like she'd be upset that I'm sad if I'm happy <laughs> it's like bitch why are you laughing I just died so I don't <laughs> exactly in that tone of voice and exactly in that same way yeah yeah I mean yeah you like you said it you just said it all but like yeah it's so it's so contradictory too and it's like I did this idea of like oh should I be sad can I feel good do I feel guilty how do I feel like and like policing your own feel and feeling policed about your feelings by the people around you too it's like I don't know if I could offer you one thing to this sounds such a like give yourself permission yeah because this idea of like you know, like, oh my god, is it too soon for me to, like, move forward? People I think have this idea of, like, moving forward from, like, a devastating loss is, like, leaving it behind you. Like It will never like, be gone. rude awakening. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you, you, moving forward doesn't feel like, I wake up in the morning and my life is Cinderella and the birds, like, come in and chirp at me and, like, everything's right. You can be moving forward on a day when you don't get out of bed and you're, like, 
you cry so much you vomit hashtag happened to me like mm-hmm. th- like th- that too is moving forward and moving forward when you do have the days where you feel like cinderella and you like make your own dress out of like curtains or whatever like that <laughs> you still carry it with you you know like i don't know i just it's so it's so soon for you but i i, I just as your friend i would ur- you're doing it already. Like, I I would urge you not to police your own feelings and everything you feel is natural. Yeah, I'm definitely not policing them. I do have the moments after I feel a thing where I was like, is that a bad thing mm-hmm. to feel? But, like, I'm letting myself cry. I'm letting myself just ugly sob. Like, it's just, I know I have to. It's like, it's like I feel like inherently my body is like, this is a time where I need an hour just to cry and you just have to let me cry. And the other night, like you said, the whole, like, passage of time, like, Thursdays and Friday nights have been very sad for me mm-hmm. ever since because Thursday night... March 18th was the last time I talked to her. And Friday night was when we found out that she had passed. I say Friday night because the time difference, it was like Friday night for us here, right. but it was Saturday morning in Iran, and I think she had already passed before we passed. So, but anyway, but for me, it was Friday night. So now every Thursday night and Friday night, it's only been two of each, but um, it's been like one week or two weeks since the last time I talked to her. It's been two weeks since I found out, and she's been like officially gone from my life. And I told my partner the other day, I'm like, for a little while, I cannot tell you how long, Thursdays and Fridays are just going to suck for me because I'm going to suddenly, like when it comes to nighttime, I'm going to remember that that was the last time. Mm-hmm. And on this past Friday night, I had made a post on Facebook and Instagram about how it had been, sorry, Thursday night, Jesus, who cares, <laughs> Um, about how it had been two weeks since the last time we had spoken and her last pieces of advice for me without me knowing that they were the last pieces of advice. And I started to cry and my partner came out because he heard me crying and he was like, no, 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 don't cry, don't cry. I was trying to like hug me and soothe me and console me and like be there for me but I was like no I want to cry right now and like in every way he was super well-meaning he was doing what he thought I needed was he was trying to like distract me make me laugh make me happy mm-hmm. like let's watch and like let's don't cry and I was like no 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 I want to sit with the tears I want to feel it right now I was like you can either be here and witness me <laughs> crying or you can go in the other room and I won't be offended because yeah. this is what's gonna happen and I literally just like sobbed for an hour and like a, an hour and a bit and then once it was over I kind of was like okay yeah. I'm good. I'm not good, yeah. but I was like, that's enough for now. I just felt like it was like, okay, and now now to move on to something to kind of get. But it's like I needed it then. I was like, I don't want you to distract me because this is what I want mm-hmm. right now. And this is that's what I mean where it's like, I think I mentioned this like super quickly in passing earlier in our conversation where it's like your body will tell you what it needs. Mm-hmm. And as your friend, I'm grateful and glad and happy that you, as per, like I know you and I know that you're like, you're very good at, you're like on a journey. You're, anyway, you're very good at like listening, like being like, no, this is what I need. This is mm-hmm. this is what's gonna happen. So as much as like it stinks that like you're going through this, I'm glad that you as a person are in a position mm-hmm. where you can like have agency enough to say like, no, Taylor, like, oh, sorry, no, boyfriend, it's fine. You can say <laughs> unnamed <same>. boyfriend. <laughs> like you can be here and not like this is what's gonna happen. Like that. Yeah. That to me like brings me brings me as your friend witnessing you go through something that I similarly but dissimilarly went through brings me peace like mm-hmm. this i hope this is okay that like i'm telling you what i was like telling our other friend about you but like when this like obviously like your mother passed away that 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 was another moment like i got hit by the truck again because i was like oh of course like mm-hmm. and he's like of course it's gonna happen mm-hmm. like that makes sense and i was just like texting a- another dear friend of, of ours who had like really astutely like she texted me she's like mm-hmm. so, like this might bring up some shit for you like so I just want, like make space yeah. like if, if you want to talk to me about it like that's cool yeah. and so i remember i just i texted her and i was like like, I'm fine. Like, everything's fine with me. Like, we have to focus on, like, helping our friend Korea. But, like, what's making me sad right now in this very moment is knowing how much this is going to suck. Like, knowing how much... We went through most of this whole conversation without me getting emotional. Um, and it's like... I don't know. It's like... I, I know that you're going to be fine because I'm fine. But I know it, like... 
I think I know more intimately how hard it's going to be than most people know. It's like it's a it's like a gift and a curse. This information, mm-hmm. and I also know that it's like it's like Frodo like putting the ring into the fucking mountain. It's like only you like only you can do it though. It's like I can't as your friend. Yeah, like, I sort of low key can't do anything for you. It's like you're just gonna have to. Yeah, it's not really it's inspirational. Like, well, like you have to do yourself. <laughs> no but it's true because like like you said how you knew i was fine because you're fine Mm -hmm. the journey to being fine still fucking sucks Mm -hmm. you can be fine it can still hurt like hell (laughs) but it's funny because i actually have been looking at people like you and our other friends who are my other friends who i know who have um who have parents who have passed and i keep looking at them as like inspiration inspo grief inspo (laughs) of like um of like they're okay they're not okay they're not happy they're not like ah whatever i'm over it but i'm like oh my entire friendship with you has been post that. It has been like, you know, before and after Christ or whatever. <laughs> before and after Christ, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I know that all of our hilarious, fun, happy experiences that you and I have had together as friends have been after that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of given me hope of like, if we have been able to have 16 years of happiness, even after the worst fucking thing imaginable happened, mm-hmm. then that gives me hope that I'm still going to be able to have happy moments. Because mm-hmm. right now it even makes me think like, how can I ever be happy again? How can I even have a happy milestone without being sad that she's not here? Totally. But then realizing that as much as it fucking sucks, like life goes on and, and like they would also want our lives to go on. That's like the main thing. Cause it's so easy to give up. It would be so much easy. It would have been so much easier for you to not have gone to school mm-hmm. and not been such a good student in advance math. <laughs> and um, for me, it would be so easy for me to just give up on this fucking podcast and be like, who the fuck gives a shit about a podcast right now? Mm-hmm. My mom just died or like not go back to work and not do anything and just give up. But I know that my mom wouldn't want that, mm-hmm. you know? And it helps me to honor her by doing what I think she would like me to keep living and keep yeah. being happy and have happy moments and keep doing what she knew that I could always do. Mm-hmm. So it's not a happy way of doing it because you'd rather have <laughs> with you along the ride, but you keep going for them, you know? Yeah. And like, this is, thank you for sharing that with me. It's very, it's genuinely very healing for me to hear that too, because as much as like I'm inspo for that for you, it's like, just, just like <laughs> talking to you about this now is helpful for me. Cause like I, the, before no braggies like the like the other like big getting hit by truck mount recently <laughs> other than your mom's passing was like yeah. i again not to brag recently became engaged yeah and, and so like so i got engaged and it was like fun and sick and like we like fun and sick it was fun, fun get engaged it's fun and sick and dope and chill um and like we started like super wicked <laughs> just the smallest iota of wedding planning and like i was looking at like a fucking like ew heteronormativity like garbage little like color chart which is actually super popular like you do really remember that i was like you know, like a color yeah. chart sorry not to like you're heteronormative but you're a very visual person that i'm not um and then like <laughs> i look how being a visual person is heteronormative oh my god that's not what i mean i mean you like colors i like how blind. i promise you that gay people also like colors <laughs> Cut this it's, out. This it's, is it's in their flag. I'm it's in their gonna, flag. You know what? <laughs> Bye. Like, I canceled myself. Like, this should not go on the air. Okay, I just want to... Um, first off, I need to take my privilege as a fucking cis-hat person. I was planning my fucking wedding. And then... Um, I was like starting to plan my wedding and I was like my like all of a sudden like my bot like the knowledge in my bo- like I always knew that my mother wouldn't get my wedding but like yeah. then I knew I was like my I now understand that my mother won't be at my wedding 
And it would like, it really, like, it really fucked me up, like, pretty hard that day. Mm -hmm. But now, like, talking to you about this is like, yeah, like, my mother can't be at my wedding, unfortunately. She will not be RSVPing to her invitation, but mm. that's not, what am I going to do? Not have a fucking wedding? What am I, like, not yeah, have a happy exactly. wedding with, with, with my partner? Like, no, we, that's, that's the only way to, not to, like, oh, we have to, like, keep, go, like, do it for them, but at the same time, like. You do have to do, yeah, that's exactly, because I know I also thought that, I was like, fuck. Um, if and when I get married, she's not going to be there. Yeah. And my big thing has always been that my mom will make my wedding dress. And now I'm like, she's not going to make my wedding dress. And like, quote, heteronormative, <laughs> oh happiest day of my life, big quotes. I never even have ever, yeah. even since I was a kid, imagined that my wedding day would be the happiest day of my life. But let's just go with the whole, <laughs> yeah. for, for the sake for of the this. Um, for the pod, let's say that the quote, happiest day of my life is also going to be incredibly sad. Because mm-hmm. I will not be able to unknow that she's not there. Of course. And like, Weirdly, and like I'm now that I am wedding planning, like it is, I'm like building it into my day. Like I'm, I'm, I haven't done any actual planning, but like I know, it's like I will have to have a moment, like where, like that, I need to have space for that because again, yeah. I wasn't allowed to have space for that as a child, but now that we have agency and we're able to assert our boundaries, talk about it, um, like that's something that I will need. And um, yeah, also, uh, coming back to like. Yeah, ha- like, your happiness and, and joy in the journey that you're going on, like, reflecting on this and, like, what wh- when I first heard all this happened and blah, 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 and, like, talking to you, I've been, like, waiting to tell you. Like, I'm, I know, like, our friendship is this style of friendship where we'll plan to talk for 20 minutes and then, like, be in my kitchen at, like, 4 a.m. and it's, like, well, wait at the time, but we've just been oh, yeah. giggling and laughing. Like, I'm excited f- as a friend who knows what it feels like to be in, like, a purely joyful moment with you. Like, mm-hmm. maybe it has already happened and I'm just, like, late to the game, but I'm excited I'm excited and I know and I can promise that it will happen that you will like laugh like that again that like you will have those joyful moments and like I'm not saying that like oh in that moment you're gonna like forget whatever and you're gonna like leave anything behind it's like mm-hmm. no it's just I know that that those moments and that experience in your body is coming again and I'm like stoked for it for you thank you yeah. yeah that that does make me happy and I keep thinking like that's what my mom would want mm-hmm. you know that's what I want too. I want to be joyful and I'm not going to feel guilty about the moments of joy yeah. because that's a stupid way to live. <laughs> yeah. And also she would want to see me laugh. She would exactly. want to see me smile. She would not want to see. I will say one thing that's actually funny about this podcast. Uh, I said on the episode that you and I had together that I was like, oh, my mom is so supportive. She's told all her friends, blah, 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 blah about this podcast. I just don't want her to listen. And now I like, I just, I'm like, wow, be careful what you wish for. This mm. is not what I meant. Like, I didn't mean her for, like, this to be the way that she doesn't listen. Um, but um, I'm happy that she at least listened to the first one mm. and however many she listened to after that. And, like, if I could, I would, like, have her, no matter, and listen to every embarrassing thing that I say if she could just, you know, be here. But uh, considering that she can't, I will share. It's really funny. When the first episode came out, she instantly listened. I didn't think she was going to. I genuinely thought she was just going to like support it, like mm-hmm. it, tell people about it, but like maybe not actually listen to the whole thing. She called me immediately to tell me that she had listened to the whole hour and a half or whatever and immediately had notes. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I remember you, I think you put it in our group chat. You were like, you yeah. guys, like first plot twist, my mom listened. Second plot twist. This bitch has constructive criticism. She has notes. <laughs> yeah. She literally was like, she said all these good things. I'm so happy you did this. You're meant to do this. You're such a good host. Mm-hmm. Like all these things. And then she went, but <laughs> like, I actually don't need the, like, I literally was like, I didn't ask for, like, you can stop. I don't need to know. Yeah. And it is worth noting that my mom had never listened to a podcast before mm-hmm. that episode. Did not know what a podcast was. I had to walk her through the whole like step of how to listen to it. She does not understand what a podcast is. So she was like, <laughs> It's a bit long. You should have had an intermission. And I'm like, Mom, the intermission is you pressing the pause button. 
You can literally hit pause. You can listen to five minutes at a time if you want. She's like, I had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, go to the bathroom. First of all, phones are mobile. That's why they're called mobile phones. Like, you can take them with you. Oh, my God. This is iconic <laughs> and behavior. You can hit- it's so I got like you can hit pause whenever you want if you want to go get a snack or whatever or even if you're fucking done with it for a bit mm-hmm. come back to it tomorrow or a week from now or a month from now or whenever just don't listen to it again I don't care and then she also suggested that in that intermission it should be like like a musical like a number like a musical number okay I'm like mom are you suggesting I turn my podcast into a skit oh she was like this close from suggesting a laugh track I am doing the like my Very fingers small. close together so, like I was like mom I don't think you understand what a podcast is stop trying to produce the thing that you don't understand um so yeah she was suggesting the funniest things but the main thing that stood out to me is she went I love the podcast all these things and then she went don't be a crybaby no one likes crybabies <laughs> roasted absolutely roasted by mom so roasted i was like mom the whole point of the podcast is to be honest about mental health and therapy (laughs) and like what you're going through and she's like yeah but people don't want to hear that like when you're talking about your body they want to hear someone who's confident and i'm like but the point is i'm talking about body issues about i'm not gonna go and lie and be like guess what bitches i love my body and here's me talking for 20 minutes plus an intermission about how my body is great and I love it. Like that would have been the biggest lie on the planet. The whole point was for me to be honest about how that's not how I felt. She was like, I know, but just less crying next time. So every time I cry, I just hear my mom be like, no one wants a cry baby. Mom, you died. I'm allowed to cry. Exactly. You're fine, mom. But also too, it's like, just for like, just us having these conversations. Like, I feel like I was in like the, the lore of us, like finally having a chat two weeks out. I was like, Oh, yeah. I'm gonna fucking cry so much. I'm gonna like cry. Every second. But yeah. also, it's like this is again like people who have had the experience like know the real tea. It was like, yeah, of course we cried a little bit because I'm a fucking cancer, so I'm always gonna like cry at every opportunity. Yeah. So but is like, she, by the way? Ooh, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I did not know that. That makes a ton of sense. But um, it's like I don't know. Like I, I feel like when people, when two people actually know what grief is, like yeah, we might cry a little, but it's not like mm. we're not crybabies about it because you know yeah. you have to like move on. <laughs> you have to move yeah. forward you know yeah i was like yeah. i was reflecting last night i was like i was like low-key preparing for a conversation i was like to bring up like bullet points not actually but i was just like thinking about how we we're gonna have this conversation and the image popped into my head like i don't know if it's all trees or if it's like a kind of tree where it's like a tree grows and if if like a branch is removed like they'll they'll grow like a big knot on the tree i think they're actually called wounds like mm-hmm. the tree will have this like big very visible part of it that's all gnarly but but the tree just like keeps going and like continues to like blossom and grow and i was thinking about that i was like man that's sort of not only topical because freeze like loves nature and like i'm sure she'd like have a boner for a tree but like it's like that's a that's a <laughs> she would no she totally would yeah she'd be like she would 100 i'm just nodding i'm like <laughs> yeah but i feel like that's like that's a journey that this that this experience is like it's like when you see that tree it's very present that thing but it's also like it turns itself into this kind of mishmashy naughty with a K, not an, and like not M A U T H T. Naughty. Yeah. It turns into into something that then also sustains the life of the rest of the tree, mm-hmm. so that the tree can continue to grow and and that the flowers can bloom. And I don't know that that I think maybe I was maybe I was I wasn't I was sober as a judge, but like that image popped into my head, and I was like, this feels right. Like tree is going to be a tree with a really naughty M A U G H T Y. So right now, like no, I'm, I love that. Yeah. I will say that. 
I feel like we keep thinking it's going to be over and we're like, that reminds me, that <laughs> reminds me. But it actually does. And this is, okay, you know how the worst thing to tell anyone about is like your dreams. I don't mean like your dreams of like, I want to be an astronaut, no, but I mean like dreams. your literal, I just had the weirdest dream and everyone's like, you can stop talking now because I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. When I was like a kid, I told her about this dream that like is a nothing, but it stuck with her and she'd always remind me that I had this dream that I grew, it doesn't make sense because no dreams make sense, but it was like <laughs> this like little like little flower that turned into like this big huge tree and I was watering it but also I was the tree and it's like such a stupid thing I think I told her when I was like nine and I told her and I was like anyway and like <laughs> moved on but then she like loved the visual and ever since the moment I told her this as a kid she'd be like remember how you have to water yourself and you have to like be that tree that's forever growing and like the visual was that the tree grew like beyond the earth like mm-hmm. it kept going and it's so stupid but um, I told her and she loved it. She like never let me forget it because she was like obsessed. And even actually going to like my chat with her on Instagram, one of the most recent things is that she had seen a picture mm. on some Instagram account that she was like, look, it looks just like your dream. Like it's you. You're the tree. Oh my God. And it looked very similar to the thing I had um, dreamt. Uh, thank you. My boyfriend just oh, brought me bacon. Ooh, <laughs> wow. You guys want to play um, wedding? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Bacon themed wedding. Um, But it's just funny that you bring that up because that tree kind of, it just reminds me of that visual and how for me it was kind of like whatever and she was like I love this Mm -hmm. and forever reminded me and saw me as that tree and like pushed me to continue being that tree that like I'm constantly watering myself and like helping myself grow and like becoming this like beautiful thing. So, yeah. I just, sorry, I had to cycle a small giggle because you said I'm watering myself and then I remembered that you, that I remembered slippery when wet. I'm so sorry. I just <laughs> it popped into my... No, I love it. <laughs> but, but you, but you, Patria, like you are the tree, like truly, like, I don't know, like, I, 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 that's really, that's really lovely. And not to like gas myself up for thinking that you were the tree, but like, I don't know. No, I would not have shared that had you not brought that up because that's such a like... To me, like, I could kind of say it's dumb because it's based on this dream. But I kind of like that I shared it because that's an example of something that was only between me and her. And had I not said it out loud to you and now on this podcast, it could have just disappeared with her, you know, yeah. because it's a thing that only she and I shared. And now you're all in on it, bitches. You all know about strong. the tree. <laughs> yeah, they all know about the tree. And, like, I feel like perhaps we are coming to the, to the, to the, I was going to say the bacon end. Ew. We are coming to the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I feel like, first off, thank you. Like, that was, that's really special. And I, I will carry that with me. I'll carry that in my heart. Like, that you share that story with me. But, like, oh, my God, where was I going with this? I got distracted by bacon and... Oh, like, moments like that where it's, like, that's, like, some ding-dong, like, nine-year-old bullshit that you thought you were just telling your mom, like, a dream. Mm-hmm. But, like, just, like, she has all these stories and all these memories and all these, like, habits or quirks or whatever that she's given you that you are going to carry with you and share with us and share with the one million strong listeners on itunes you you gave her a lot too like and wherever she is like she she mm-hmm. carries that with her she talks about that on her podcast like she has all <laughs> the things like she has her own beautiful blossoming tree that hasn't stopped uh, in my opinion that's just what i think i don't know i don't know what lies beyond but i think that the tree mm-hmm. is still growing somewhere oh Thanks, Mahal. You're welcome, Patria. Yes, no on Patria. <laughs> Patria. I can't decide. Petri dish. Yeah, oh, ooh, very, very on vogue. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because I was like, I'm going to do an episode that's about my mom where I'll talk a little bit just by myself, just basically like saying all my feelings and then I'll have my friends come on for little bits and we'll just, we'll just talk about it for like five, ten minutes. <laughs> Everyone will share a few memories. And then I did think that your 
like our section would be yeah. the longest of that because I knew that we were going to also talk about grief more heavily and like your experience and my experience. I, I expected it to be longer, but right now before any editing goes on, it is at one hour and 36 minutes. Okay. So it's a full episode. <laughs> So, uh, there's a chance I will just make this like a two-parter and one part will be like me grieving by myself with like little memories from everyone else and then just a separate one with me and you yeah. talking about grief and I'll call it Gelidad and Kone. Honestly, yeah, like, yes, like signs you'll deliver it. I love, I love all of that. It's either that or just this fucking sucks. <laughs> like, like Gelidad and Kone parenthesis. This fucking sucks. Close parenthesis. Squiggly bracket. <laughs> That's a callback to episode oh six. God. Go listen to episode Somebody six. Somebody told me what they were called, and and I can't remember. They're braces. Right. Patrice. Yes. Oh my god. Sorry, I said your name. Yeah. You're visual. Braces. I prefer squiggly bracket. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Same to my truth. They identify squiggly bracket. Yeah. As we bring this to a close, though, because now that I know it's been like an hour and a half, I really do need to stop using my data because I think this is like I'm into overages. Worth it. But um, <laughs> would it would it be fun? Do you want? You don't have to. You don't have to. But do you want to? Do you want to each share like a like a little mini like memory of? Our, our mamas or do you want to save that for years oh yeah no i like that you go first because i don't know which memory to share yet unless you don't know either do i know okay maybe by the end of yours i'll have another option because i'm this is what's coming to mind but i don't know if this is the best memory to share but mm. just okay let me set the scene let me set the place maybe this person will listen to this episode and they'll be like yeah i'm gonna file like charges against you because this is like a horrific thing that is now i'm remembering because i was playing at the playground which is very my elementary and somebody who I was like very close friends with in elementary school is still like a wonderful person I like we're not super in touch but she's awesome I wish her well we were playing and like she did something that my mom didn't like and my mom fully removed her shoe <gasps> and threw it at her like, she was like stop it I took her like this crazy Filipino bitch like in the middle of North Head she was like stop it and like threw her shoe at my friend and I was like yikes like thanks mom and just like ran away from the playground and everything was fine it like didn't actually hit the kid there were no lawsuits to be had but i was just like that's like some fierce lioness that's classic like immigrant mom is take your like shoe or like slipper it's like that is the <laughs> oh it was for sure a flip-flop which she called thong which i didn't know oh, yeah. yeah they go in between your toes like they, they go right up in there no i have to think of something that's like on par with that <laughs> I, I want to say one of my favorite things, which is something I've genuinely told so many friends now, and I'm happy that everyone is like knows about this mm-hmm. and that we want to make t-shirts mm-hmm. is it's the movie one. Do you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah. Okay. So this is one of my absolute favorite memories of my mom. A few years ago, we were going to watch a movie together and um, I told her that she was not allowed to choose the movie <laughs> because as I always say, my mom had an almost talent for picking anything that was like around 13% Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> She was absolute shit at picking movies. And if you know me at all, or if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a huge movie lover and I cannot watch a bad movie. I just can't. Like, it's painful to me. And she always says, like, I'm not watching the movie for the story. I'm watching for the spiritual. And I'm like, what? That doesn't even mean anything. So I told her she wasn't allowed to pick. I was picking. And I picked Logan, which... If you know that movie, it's a really beautiful film. And even if you've never seen any other X-Men movie before, don't know anything about X-Men, you can watch this as a standalone movie. It's, like, really beautiful. And right now, I'm not ready to watch it again because it involves some death. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is really good. Recommend. And so we're watching it. She doesn't know what the fuck is going on. She's so bad at watching movies. She'd be like, "Who's?" it's been five minutes. And she'd be like, who's that? What are they doing? And I'm like, I don't know yet. We're finding out together. It's part of the experience. Yeah. But then at the same time, an hour and a half in, she'd be like, wait, who's that? And I'm like, that's the lead character he's been in it the whole time um so she can't like you need to consistently like explain as you go and there was this whole thing about how she didn't like the little girl character and like i don't want to like spoil any like um 
plot points, but she like didn't, she wasn't watching the movie properly. Like she didn't get the plot. So she was like recommending solutions that didn't make sense if you're like watching the story <laughs> unfold. But you know, she doesn't care about this story. So I was like, mom, what are you doing? Are you even paying attention? And then the movie ends. And by the end of it, I see she's crying. Like she's actually has tears in her eyes. My mom was a big like movie or like even cried at commercials kind of person. So I was like, oh good, like it worked. <laughs> and then I go to her, the movie's over. I see that she has tears in her eyes. I'm like, mom, did you like it? And she's like, yes, it was very good. I'm like, what did you think? And she goes, it's true, you know, we are all X-Mans. <laughs> so first of all, yeah. snap, snap not X-Men, X-Mans. <laughs> and that is not the point of the movie <laughs> at all, if you've seen it. It is definitely not about how we're all X-Mans. But her takeaway was basically that if we all put our mind to it, we can also have superpowers. <laughs> And be mutants and be like that's what she thought yeah. it was. And she's like, yeah, we are all like that too. And I'm like, no, that's not it. <laughs> that's not at all <laughs> what it was about. That's why you're crying. <laughs> so I love we are all X Men's. We're gonna get some shirts made. If you want a shirt, let me know. Hell yeah, wear <laughs> the shirt underneath official the, the jacket. Jacket and shirt combo. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. We're all X Men's and the Dead Moms Club. Merch. Uh, official into the merch. merch game. Talk about it. Talk about it. Merch will be We're All X Men's, and I hope that uh, I won't get in trouble with that legally. <laughs> oh, <X-Men's. laughs> oh yeah. We're talking about it. it's fine. You're fine. It's man's, not men's, with a completely different exactly. name. Exactly. And soon, whenever you're ready, you're gonna get ready to start. You got a, you got a big card to play, my friend. The Dead Mom card, which is as a card carrying yeah. member of the Dead Mom Club, you the, it gets you out of some situations as well. Yeah, so I feel like if if anyone from what is it, Sony who owns them, I don't know if they say anything. I'm like, listen, <laughs> my mom died, but also literally, listen, go listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's one of my favorite memories from her because it's like funny, but also like just it just so sums her up and her <laughs> way of just like she watched movies her own way, she lived yeah. life her own way, she just saw things how she wanted to see them, and it was in as a movie buff but fucking hilarious so totally oh. that's fatty buff that's fatty buff june <laughs> honestly like i'm just i know i'm glad that you're gonna do maybe perhaps its own standalone episode of like mm-hmm. talking about your mom because as somebody who knew her but didn't know her like that well like i'm really excited to to get to hear more stories about her because like every time we did interact and like my god we keep saying we're gonna end this and i promise we're gonna end this but like that like having lost my own mother so i did like all the the like parents of friends in my life like they all had very different reactions it was like a bit of fight or flight where some people were like i don't know how to deal with this paul and would just like run away but Mm -hmm. i feel like there's a couple of folks including your mom who like really every time i would interact with them i could feel that they were like stepping up and that they were making space for me Mm -hmm. in that way and trying to and i feel like your mom probably just did this with everyone i was just like feeling what she did with everyone normally like she would she would totally take you under her wing so i'm really excited to hear more x-man style stories yeah she was definitely someone who treated all of my friends as her own kids she was very much like you were all my children Mm -hmm. but also she especially did know that about you so i think even more was like i want to be especially there totally like every time I would be home she would she would like have me over for dinner and I was just like yeah it's wrong like go over for your house mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about it, it's like nobody else did that. like no shade but like yeah. I was like oh God, I'm an adult now most people aren't like yeah have Molly over for dinner like we'll see how she's doing maybe if it happened yeah. it would happen but like your mom really made a point of it and I think that is mm-hmm. that's really so that's something that's very special for me and that's something that maybe I can remind you as like a tangible she really was here and she really did do Mm-hmm. She really did slap, and she slapped very hard. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why we love her. Exactly. I guess since this will probably be its own <laughs> episode, I guess we can end with the closer. Oh my god, I have a goldfish memory. Remind me what it is. It's 
Ogre. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> literally the title of the podcast. It's just my little dick. Why did I remember? I'm so sorry. I've like listened to episodes I've been on the podcast, but it's like no, I love it. It's just don't be afraid to talk about it. Okay, well then, special grief edition closer. It is the one thing that we will all go through, and when you go through it, baby, you'll have friends in me and Priya. When somebody dies, don't be afraid to talk about it.